welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have returning guests and just all around cool person, Derek Worley. Derek has woo, been on the road everywhere <laughs> lately. Uh, uh, Derek, uh, catch us up with what's been going on with you, sir. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I've been a busy boy. I'm trying to remember the when we did our last recording which had to have been in the fall of last year, I want to say. Like, it, I, I fall maybe early this year? I mean, it's been a minute. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, uh, let's see. Scroll through, scroll through. Okay, that's uh, that's why I introduced. Okay, Angel, Jamie, you were all before them. Doctor. Uh, Daniel, Jesus. Holy crap. It was a minute. <laughs> it's yeah. like a while back. Because uh, I believe I interviewed you before I went to... Uh, wow, that's before I went to uh, Virginia. And that was before that one. That was before I did the interview with the dude from White Trash. Nine months, we're still there. Dr. Malta. Well, maybe not. Uh, actress, writer, filmmaker, Steven. Wow, dude, we're... There we are. 11 months ago. Oh. Almost a year. Yes. Holy shit, dude. Oh, my God. It's hard to believe it's been that long, because I remember... I mean, you want to guess by our, our whole fiasco we just had there, but, I mean, I remember doing the interview like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. So that's that's so crazy. It's almost been a year. Yep. Wow. Okay. So yeah, we got so much to catch up on. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So since then, yeah, I've been all over the place, uh, working on all kinds of stuff. Um, man, since then I've been, yeah, pretty much on the Derek World Tour, essentially. Uh, well, U.S. tour, essentially. We're gonna go international soon, but uh. Yeah, wow. Uh, I just got back from Los Angeles maybe three days ago. I was shooting a movie out there uh, for about three weeks. And um, literally this Wednesday, I'm flying to Slovenia. Um, and I'm going to be out there for a week. Uh, and that that's for fun, uh, you know, because that's what people do. They go to Slovenia for fun. Um, I'm actually... <laughs> it's uh, Iron Maiden is going on tour. And it's the first night of a brand new tour. So it's, it's like... I wanted to be there to experience the first night of an all-new set list and stage show and stuff. So, uh, you know, I got to be a nerd a little bit here and there. Uh, so, yeah, doing that. But, man, holy cow, I've, I've done handful of movie projects from then to now and uh, all kinds of events and things like that. It's, it's hard to believe kind of looking at where we were then compared to now because – yeah, I, I didn't realize it was that long ago. I would have said, like, oh, yeah, it was, like, back in November, but no. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I like, was thinking, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I looked at it, I scrolled, and I kept scrolling, I'm like, holy crap. But the thing is, we have talked since then, and I don't yeah. know if we've kind of gotten to the fact that we've talked and, and, and conversed that we've kind of blurred those two things together. So I think that it is, because I know I've, I've stopped by your shop a couple times, and we've chatted here and there, yep. and uh you know, we, we uh, message each other on Facebook here and there and chat, and we've been to a few uh, shows, uh, mutual concerts and things like that. So I feel like that does kind of also 
start to blend together. That's like, wow, I haven't been on the show in forever. So no, exciting to be back on for sure. Oh yeah. And, and uh, I got, I got to ask how did the Kings of Thrash tour go? It went awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, getting linked up with, um, you know, Chris Poland, Jeff Young and David Ellison to do uh, Days of the Dead up in Chicago was an incredible experience and an amazing opportunity. And, uh, you know, that went so well that they hired me to then do another event with them, which was Days of the Dead in Atlanta. And pretty much they've decided that every Days of the Dead show, I'm going to be their guy for, for all that stuff. So uh, I don't think they're going to do another one until Houston in like, when is that, like September or October or something like that. Yes, um, but yeah, they, they did a U.S. tour, uh, mostly Midwest and East Coast uh january and february and i did four or five shows with them through that and uh, i was basically just like tour photographer we took some promos uh i was doing live photography for them each night that i was with them and things like that but the tour was great they had a really good turnout at the shows and we had tons and tons of fun uh, i met a lot of co cool fans and people that i wouldn't have got to meet otherwise and yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I, you know, I've, I've said a million times, I always wanted to be a rock star. And that's like the closest I've ever been. Um, there was, you know, nights that I was like up on the stage taking photos. And it's like, my God, they're like literally playing for me to the wall, you know, like this is nuts. You know, it was <laughs> it, it was so surreal uh, being a part of something like that. And the fact that they're playing you know, all of Killing is My Business and all of So Far So Good So What uh, cuts from some of the other albums. I mean, they're playing stuff from Peace Cells, stuff from Rust in Peace. Uh, a lot of the shows I did, they did like this medley where they did Holy Wars. Um, no, it was started with the drum roll from uh, Rust in Peace Polaris into Holy Wars, into Hangar 18. And then they'd close it out with... Um, some bits from tornado souls and it was just like oh my god you know like four hard hitters right there you know plus doing covers of like wasted by Def leopard and swords and tequila by riot and it's just it was such a celebration of of not only like megadeth's music but also some of the bands that kind of got those guys up and rolling and e each night your set list was anywhere from what was it like 25 to 30 songs every night which is just you're getting your money's worth with that i mean most bands only play you know 18 19 songs capped and they're yeah. like no nope, we're, we're gonna play all this stuff it, it well, was amazing the, the the only the good thing about it is is those those first three megadeth albums their songs are kind of short so yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you're getting that six or seven minute song but you're still getting yeah. a three minute solid song oh totally and, yeah. and you know, it, it was just so cool because and, and they've even openly said it in so many interviews, you know, I've been seeing Megadeth since 2009. I've seen them seven or eight times. Yeah. And from those first three albums, the only songs I've ever seen them play were obviously Peace Cells, um, Rattlehead. I've seen them play Rattlehead once. I saw them play Set the World of Fire once. Um, obviously, they play Peace Cells at every show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wake Up Dead, I've seen once or twice. And then, like, In My Darkest Hour once or But that's, like, that's really it. Like, they yeah. don't play much from those albums. No. 
So there were so many songs that they played. And, and Ellison actually told me when we did Days of the Dead in Chicago, they did a short set there and they played Mary Jane. And he said, tonight playing Mary Jane like this, he's like, you know, we haven't played that or I haven't played it with Megadeth since 1990. You know, he's like, Megadeth hasn't played that since, you know, the Rust and Peace tour. He's like, doing this Kings of Thrash thing, it gives us the opportunity to bring some of those songs back that haven't been played since then or even songs older than that, you know, songs like Chosen Ones, which he was like, I don't think that's been played since like the Wake Up Dead tour when we were supporting Peace Cells. He's like, bringing that back, That's so those are songs that people don't really, you know, think about. And then when they hear it, they're like, oh my God, I remember this one, you know? So it was really cool getting to see songs, you know, that I otherwise would never have gotten to see and will probably never get to see Megadeth do. But even further than that, in such intimate venues, you know, yeah. like they're playing masquerade they're playing king of clubs in columbus and you know the vogue in indianapolis you know playing the types of venues megadeth would have been playing at that point in time so just it seeing those thrash classics like that such a spectacular experience and plus seeing the fans get into it the cincinnati show was off the chain there was not a person in that place not moving like people were jumping moshing going totally ballistic and that was such a cool feeling getting to see there uh, see that and be a part of it as well you know uh it was so so cool yeah i you, you talk about seeing megadeth like 2009 i forget how sometimes i forget how young you are i was like i saw them uh 91 <laughs> yeah and you know it's funny ellison brings up because every time i mention them from dayton you know i mean i mean they know that by now because i've been around them working with them so much but um jeff young is from the oakwood area catering yeah. oakwood, uh, kind of that area and um we talk about it all the time but ellison always brings up playing hair arena in the early 90s when they'd come through with like pantera and white yep. zombie and like all these other bands he said the early 90s he said dayton ohio he's like that was one of our favorite stops because the metalheads in ohio are just like he's like you guys go hard you're built different and i'm like yeah man we uh we appreciate that stuff and no oh, one yeah. ever through anymore so it's like we really appreciate it when it happens oh yeah i like i remember standing outside in like august <laughs> three thousand degrees on the pavement outside of freaking uh hair arena sweating our asses off going into the show then getting on the floor and that was back in the old days where you got your floor tickets you got in there early and they they made everybody set and yep. then they would like all of a sudden they're like okay and they threw their arms up and everybody lunged forward to the to the to the thing, and uh, me and my friends were always front right there, boom. And I've saw, I've seen Mega five or six times at Hair Arena over the years. I've seen them from the, uh, um, uh, not the first leg of the uh, Rust and Peace tour, probably the second leg because it was before um, uh, uh, Countdown to Extinction dropped. Mm -hmm. So probably that, yeah, last. that tour went from like 1990 into 1991. So it, it did last right up to the release of countdown. I mean, they had to be recording in between legs of that tour because it, and a lot of bands in that time, ladies, these early nineties, they were just pumping them out and touring and like, oh, yeah. like but he's business. It was insane. Well, that's like you were talking about because I was at that Pantera Megadeth, uh, uh, white zombie show. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, Going back and, and uh, because I have like a VHS tape of that 
somebody recorded it. And I ended up getting it bootleg at a, at a con years ago. And I'm like sitting there because somebody and I could see myself like 19 year old Paul just right there, front row, middle. I'm like, that, that kid's long gone. <laughs> but and Pantera, man, they were all through here, too. And I saw mm-hmm. them like eight times in like three years. Yeah. And you're like, and they put out two albums in that period of time. I watched them at the beginning because I, as I love telling people, my prom, my senior prom was um, uh, Pantera Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And my wife's prom was Slayer. Uh, <laughs> we had, decisions were made. We just, Yeah. <laughs> so, see, hey, sometimes you just got to prioritize stuff, you know. And That's right. Concerts are above all, you know, it's, it's crazy. But I mean. We're talking about a time when, like, some of the best metal was coming out. You know, everyone talked about how metal kind of, like, died in the 90s, but it really was also kind of thriving. Like, classic metal, like, your bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest were kind of slowing down and petering out, and, like, band members were changing and leaving. But bands like, you know, Megadeth and Pantera, who started kind of small in the mid-80s, were really reaching their stride in the 90s and blowing up, and so... It's like everybody was touring like crazy. And, you know, Pantera was like the biggest, I mean, right up there with like Metallica, one of the biggest bands in the world at that Mm -hmm. time. So it's like, you know, they're touring, but it's also a time where bands would do multiple tracks through the U.S. a year, you know, and so you'd get to see them in Ohio. It was either Toledo, Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Cincinnati, or multiple of those a year, you know. Indianapolis even because it's not too terribly far away and um I have a buddy his name's Scott and uh, he does a lot of cons with me and stuff and he was telling me how back in the day he would follow Pantera on tour and he'd see him Indianapolis Dayton Cincinnati Toledo Detroit he's like I would follow them all through the Midwest and see them as much as possible I'm like you're a madman he's like you do that with Iron Maiden though and I'm like you know I do uh, but, you know, sometimes you just had to. But I can't imagine going back in time when, you know, bands did bigger tours than what they do now, where they'd play, you know, out of 360 days a year, they'd be playing 300 shows around the world. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's not like that anymore. You know, you're lucky if bands even come to Ohio. So it's, oh. you know, let alone two or three dates, you know, so it's mind blowing. You're, you're wearing your perturbator shirt. I yeah. I had to make the decision. I'm sitting there one day and all of a sudden a tour popped up online. I'm like sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, of course they're not around here. And it was like Detroit. And I'm like, that's under three hours. It's not horrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I call my sons up and then I call my one of my buddies up. And I'm like, you want to go see Perturbator in Detroit? Joe's like, I don't know. I'm like, when are we going to go see them again? I think the last yeah. time they were through this area was like five years before that. Mm-hmm. And um, I called up, I got a hold of my buddy Brent, and he's like, yeah, let's go, let's go, we're not going to see him. I'm like, all right, let's go get them tickets. So, yeah. so and um, then I didn't even realize it because we didn't have the opening band yet when mm-hmm. I bought my tickets, and then Health ended up being the opening band. Yep. And fell in love with them on, on that one. And then just recently, last month, I took my kids to go see Health in Columbus, I'm like, why, why can't Perturbator play freaking Columbus when it's only an hour and 20 minutes away? I know. It was three. It's crazy because there's so many good venues in Columbus that he could easily sell out a place like King of Clubs. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a club, but it's like, it's big enough. I mean, 
I mean, except played there and sold it out. I'm pretty sure nearly, you know, uh, like I said, Kings of Thrash played there. Obituaries played there. I've seen Overkill there. And it's like, even though Perturbator is electronic music, there is a huge desire for stuff like that. And he's huge. Oh, yeah. He's festivals in in Europe and headlining, Mm -hmm. you know, stages there. So there's no reason a band like him or even Carpenter Brute, because I've had to go all the way to Chicago. Yeah see them they don't come anywhere through here and i'm just like who's not booking these guys like get with it the thing is the 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 club literally the club i went and seen them in detroit was l club yeah and it's a tiny venue yeah my shop is bigger than that venue yeah and i'm like i'm in there and i'm we're all packed in this little tiny room and it's because you're you have the bar over here and then you have the 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 you know, where the club part where people can go and see the band, and it's mm-hmm. tiny, and we're jammed in there, and it's it's sold out, it's full front mm-hmm. to back, and um, then I like I said went and seen Health at uh, um, the NR Music Room next to Kemba Live. Oh, God, yeah, and that place is also super super tiny, and packed again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to go see Time Cop 1983. In September there. Oh so, man, I didn't touring. So yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be a hit. Yeah, it's, it's oh, they still got tickets. Yeah. I, right. I might have to do that one. If I'm not on a if I'm not booked on a gig, I that's that's one that's gonna have to be on my radar. Cause I saw uh you know Max and Igor uh Cavalera from original Sepultura members are touring and playing old school like uh Bestial Devastation and Morbid Visions era Sepultura mm-hmm. stuff. And they're coming to King of Clubs with Exhumed. And I'm like, dude, like, that's a no-brainer. Uh, but I am in talks of a project around that time, so we'll have to see what happens. But, I mean, there's so many bands touring right now, and it's kind of cool seeing some of these underground, like, electronic artists kind of hitting their stride and starting to play bigger venues. And it's like, when I saw uh, Carpenter both at Psycho Las Vegas and in Chicago, like, two weekends of, I mean, one weekend I was at Psycho Las Vegas, then the following weekend I was in Chicago to see Carpenter Bird again. And uh, it's like the crowds that the group was pulling were, were insane that I'm like, I, how are you guys not doing bigger tours than this? You know, you see the tours and it's like 10 or 11 dates through the U.S. And it's like, you should be selling out every show. This is crazy because they're playing such small venues and they're, yeah. they're, they're outgrowing it, really. Um, so I'm hoping... In the future, we start to see that because uh, bands like Gunship, who's never played live in their career since they've been around since, what, 2014, 2015. Yeah. I'm like, how are you guys not playing arenas right now? Because it's like they've they've grown so popular, you know. It, it's weird that the synthwave kind of era of music is like, it's kind of like the new rock and metal scene, essentially. Oh. You know? And it, it's... Uh, it, it's kind of cool to see that uh, that industry grow and that type of music grow, and you're you're pulling all the harder fans and all the metal fans into it because it's kind of right in the vein of that type of stuff, you know. So, oh yeah, it's just it's it's awesome seeing that. I would love to see Perturbator again. I haven't seen him since 2017, yeah. so it's 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 been a minute. And it, what he did a tour in 17, he did a tour in 2019. And then I think this is the first tour he's done since then. So yeah. it's like every couple of years does a short tour. And uh, was it I actually I missed that one. 
18 days, um, 16 shows in 18 days. That's wild. And, and uh, two of them were in Canada. The other ones were in America. And mm. as soon as I seen them, I'm like, ah, I'm going. And then it, it's, it's, I've gotten to that point now. I, I, you're talking about going to Slovenia to, 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 go to a concert. <laughs> I'm like, I'm old. And I'm like, man, I hated going further than two hours. Yeah. Two hours was like, oh, God damn. Why don't we drive in two hours and go see a show, turn around and come back in two hours? Because I hate staying in hotels. Oh, I sure. Despise it. And um, now I'm like, I've gotten to that point and I've gotten old enough that I'm like, I'm either A, never going to see these people play live or I'm driving three hours. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, screw it. Um, Next, this Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, I'm going to go see Nightclub in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, never seen them. I was like, you know what? $20 tickets. I'll drive up to Detroit. I, I was literally just there Friday mm -hmm. to go see wrestling. So I'm mm -hmm. like, get the hell with it. I'll go see a band I want to go see too. <laughs> you know, and, it, and, it, and I brought that up to people too, that it's like you hit a point as a music fan where it's not like going and seeing a movie because you can drive to any theater pretty within reason and see any movie that's coming out that you want to see or you stream it at home with bands. It's like, they're only getting booked where, you know, it's going to sell or whatever the promoters want. And with so many bands touring, sometimes the routing doesn't make sense for them to play in a certain place. And, you know, so it, it is reaching a point where it's like this summer, so far what I have planned, I'm going to see Iron Maiden, uh, a week from today in Slovenia. Then when I get home, I'm seeing the Sisters of Mercy up in Detroit. Yep. And then later in June, I'm driving to Chicago to see Emperor, who I just saw at Psycho. But when they announced this tour, they're like, we're only doing five dates, but we're playing this album in full. And I'm like, fuck, I love that album. Now I got to go. So it's like, but yep. I'm like, dude, I don't want to drive all the way to Chicago for a show. And I'm not staying, so I'm going to drive home. And if I have to pull over and sleep in my car, like I will. But it's like, it's at a point where there are certain artists that it's like, okay, this is, this could be the one chance to see this group live. So it's like the traveling almost makes it worth it. Uh, the big thing for me with, with Iron Maiden this year is originally they're like, hey, it's a European tour only. So I'm like, well, if I want to see him this year, I have to go to Europe. You know, pull my leg, I guess I got to go to Europe. You know, big deal. But they recently, they announced one show in California and then three shows in Western Canada. I'm like, well, shit, I could have waited and just done those shows instead and stayed close to home. Definitely not upset, but it's like that show they're doing in California is a festival. Yep. And it was Friday night, it's Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden. Saturday night is ACDC and Ozzy. Sunday night is Tool and Metallica. And they're only doing weekend tickets, but just the tickets for like the general admission area, the main festival grounds, it's like seven or eight hundred dollars. Yep. And I'm like, is it worth it to see all those bands? Totally. You're seeing some hard hitters, but the only bands on that bill that I actually want to see is pretty much like Iron Maiden. I wouldn't mind seeing Metallica again, but it's like I'm not paying that to essentially go see one band it's just it's not happening yeah uh, that, that's where i'm at because i i yeah. have i've never seen metallica that's the one yeah. everybody freaks out they're like you've never seen metallica i'm like if i could go back to 1988 i'd see metallica all day long. <laughs> but oh, for sure. i can't 
Um, but I've, I've never, I've had tickets. I had tickets for the night when it was uh, Metallica and Guns N' Roses in Dayton. Oh, wow. And I was in high school and I always had a deal with my mom when I was in high school was I had to get up and go to school the next morning and work the next mm-hmm. day. And that was when, you know, Guns N' Roses wasn't taking the stage till two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, and the tickets were given to me. So it wasn't like I'm losing money. Sure. So I'm just like, I, the, the friend gave them to me and I'm like, I can't go. You, you're going to have to go give them to somebody else. And, and I've never seen them since. And it's like, ah, God damn it. Now I'm, I'm regretting some of these bands, but then I'm like, that band that I loved is gone. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Um, you know, there, that's the way with this year. Um, Tina's a big um, Stevie Nicks and Aerosmith fan. Mm-hmm. I'm taking her to go see Stevie Nicks in the end of June in uh, Kentucky. And that's the most I've ever paid for a concert ticket mm-hmm. for two tickets. Three hours away is 400 bucks. And that's not even good tickets. It's not even good seats. Yeah. It's okay seats. And I'm like, I'm like looking at some of the seats and I'm like, I, I'm not dropping 1200 bucks for, oh. you know, I'm like, um, and then now she's looking because she wants to go see uh, Aerosmith on their farewell tour. And I'm dude, like, those tickets are not cheap either. I mean, nosebleeds are like 200 bucks. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not paying. I'll wait till it's closer and they're not sold out. And they start doing like, you know, four tickets for a hundred dollar type deal. Yep. You know, they'll end up doing that. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. I will say, just going back to Metallica, I saw Metallica. I had to look it up. It was in 2017 at Rock on the Range. It was right after Hardwired came out. And I will say, they were fantastic live. Like, super, super good live. And now with this 72 Seasons album out, you know, the set lists they're pulling each night, they're pulling some deep cuts. Like, a couple nights ago, they played the song from the Mission Impossible 2 uh, soundtrack, I Disappear. And it's like... When was the last time they played that live? You know, it's just like they're they're doing some cool stuff with that. And so and now that they're like doing that two nights in a row type deal at the different US tours, like the night they're playing up there, what is it? It's Ice Nine Kills, Pantera, and Metallica. And I'm like, that if they did like instead of where you buy the ticket and it gets you there two nights, if they did single night tickets. I would go that night for that. That would be more than worth it because the tickets were not terribly priced even for the twofer. No. But like I tell people all the time because they see me front row at all these Iron Maiden shows. Like, God, how much did you pay for that? And I was like, $100. If you can get the tickets when they go on sale, they're 100 bucks, You know, but then you have bands like Kiss who are like, oh, you want to get on the floor? Cool, 2000 bucks, bro. And it's like, what? You know, it's 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 totally bonkers to me. Well, uh, that's like i'm not gonna lie um when when um we went and seen king diamond merciful Mm -hmm. fate yeah um i got a friend of mine calls me up pete and he's like hey because you want to go see i guess i got we had somebody bail you want you want to use the ticket i was like yeah yeah and they're like oh we got great seats and stuff like that and i get there and i'm like oh these are good seats and then i realized man we're in the seats and i'm like the floor is right there that's where i'm normally at yeah like sitting in seats at concerts I man i like being on the floor and then of course they had seats on the floor and i'm like that's weird and then of course i went and see I, down there recently and then it was all floor and we were right back up front so i'm like eh. yeah 
I, I, that was such a weird thing. So I, uh, I've seen Judas Priest, uh, like again, seven or eight times. And most of the times where I've seen them in bigger venues, it's always been seated floors. Very bizarre. Mm. Even when Judas Priest played there, uh, they had seen with Queensryche back in like late 20, what was that? 21, 22, somewhere in there. Or this past October, actually. Mm-hmm seated floor and the floor tickets were like $150. I'm like, I'm not paying that to be on a seated floor. Like, I'll pay that if I can get there early and get up front. Like, yep. yeah, totally. But again, the Merciful Fate, the seats my buddy Nate and I had, we are in like the middle of the floor, middle section. And I think after fees and everything, I think those were 100 bucks. And I was like, you know, I get to see Creator again. That was rad. I got to see Midnight again. That was rad. I got to see Fate again. But it's like, I was very thankful to have seen Merciful Fate like a month or two before that at Psycho Las Vegas. I got to that, the main stage, I got there at 10 a.m. And then I waited till noon when they opened the doors and I made a dead run for the rail. And I was on that rail and I waited there until 10 p.m. through all the other bands just so I could see Merciful Fate front row. And I'm glad that I got to do that. Uh, But it just... that that tour was just weird because the night before that in Gary, Indiana, it was an open floor. But then in Cincinnati, it's a seated floor. But then down at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, it was an open floor. And I'm like, why seated floor for Cincinnati? And I think it's because, and not a shot at them as a band, I think with the open floor, it would have moved up the capacity a lot. And I think there may have been a concern with selling it out because almost every tour date on that tour did sell out. So I think there was a concern with that potentially, but again, I mean, for a hundred bucks for a band that hasn't toured in 23 years, I mean, it's going to sell out regardless. And that's what has me curious about uh, Wasp because Wasp is playing down there with Armored Saint in like, when is it like November, I think. Yeah. And I'm thinking about going to that. I'm more of an Armored Saint fan than I am Wasp, but it's like to see them both, why not? Uh, But I'm like, man, I just, I don't want to do it if, if it's a seated floor. That, that, that Listen, it's nice to be able to sit down, but I want to be up close, you know? Oh, <laughs> when, we went, when we went to Clutch, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, come on, let it be let it be open floor, let it be open floor, let it be open floor. And I like walked in and it was like, I was like, yes, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it's, uh, it's weird. It's, yeah. it's but. You know, I'm just, I, at the end of the day, I am glad that all these bands are figuring out a way to make it work and to tour because you keep seeing so many bands from Europe that are like, yeah, we're probably not going to tour the States ever again because we just, it's too expensive or bands being like, you know, we have to cancel this tour, canceled, like, God, poor Anthrax. How many European tours have they canceled in like the last two years? Because they're just like, we just can't make money on it. And that just that that breaks my heart, you know. Oh yeah, because you think Anthrax is huge, and you think yeah, and and they're big over in Europe, but the fact that they can't make enough money to pay for everything to go over there, and well, that's like um, there's a couple bigger bands that I'm like, there was reading an article and they were talking about these bands touring and how they they're either a breaking even mm-hmm. or even losing money, and I'm like. I've been to these shows, they're sold out, and you're telling me that they're not making any money. And I'm like, and you see the merch sell, you see everything going, but I'm like, how much is it costing to do all this shit? Then, then you find out that like um 
this is the one that, that gets me. And I, and I don't understand why they do this. I understand the big bands. Okay. Like rock on the range was not rock on the range. Now, um, Sonic temple. temple. Yeah. yeah. They have that, that thing that you cannot be in the area, what, two weeks before or two weeks after. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I get that. If you're Metallica, I get that. If you're tool, I get that. If you're guns and roses, you're like, those fucking spirit box or, you know, um, you know, those guys should be able to tour the fuck out of everything in that area two weeks before or two weeks after because people are not going to go see them for their 15 minutes that they're going to get a stage time. Absolutely. And you're going to go, okay, especially if you did it after. If I went and seen a band, I don't know how many times I went and seen bands, especially, oh, fuck, fuck how old I am, uh, X-Fest. You go see yeah. a band and you're like, those guys are good. And then you'll go and they're like, oh, well, they're going to be back through in a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you would go see them. And then, of course, the show would be full because you had all the people that got to see them at X-Fest for 20 minutes, if you're lucky. And they would go see a full set at the show. And I'm like, why don't they allow them to do that? But now they give them that stupid two weeks before and two weeks after. You can't be and with it, them. It's so weird because I remember seeing Judas Priest at Rock on the Range in 2015. They headlined Saturday night. Sunday night, they played like a secret show in Cincinnati at the Horseshoe Casino. Now it's like the Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. They played to like, there's only a thousand people in the area and it was open floor. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. And then you got to see him do a headliner. And it's like, so many of these bands come over here for an exclusive show to play Rock on the Range or Sonic Temple. And they're in the area, they might be like, hey, let's book a show for the day after. So people who saw us at the festival can come check us out, you yep. know, the next whatever. And yeah, I mean, you have venues doing that. But then also you have like uh, venues taking merch cuts. That's and, bullshit. And I'm telling you, I think merch cuts are completely bullshit and completely unfair. Uh, but it's like, I saw it happen on the Kings of Thrash tour, you know? And I saw it happen at so many, to so many different bands. Merch cuts are bullshit. Uh, promoters being sketchy, pocketing money. But then also the cost, since everybody is taking buses right now, the cost of getting a bus, you know, the cost of keeping everyone fed, paying the crew, uh, you know, it's just there's so much that goes into it. And then international, to give you an idea, so with, with me traveling to Europe to see Iron Maiden, originally I was supposed to do it in 2020. Uh, for the Legacy of the Beast tour. And it was a fan club trip to Sweden. And for my flight out of Chicago to fly to Stockholm, Sweden, and then fly home out of Gothenburg, because I was going to fly into Stockholm, stay there for a couple days, take a train to Gothenburg, stay there for a couple days, see Maiden, and fly home. And I was going to be in Europe for, I think it was a total of nine days. Round trip was like $630 out of Chicago. It was insane. And it was like during the summertime, but we, we bought the flights in like February, but right before COVID went fucking nuts. And um, it was so cheap. But now, even out of Chicago, which is a huge international airport, it's the same price of flying out of Cincinnati. So my flight out of Cincinnati to get to uh, Slovenia, I'll, round trip, I'm there for a week. I think it cost me $1,220 or something like that. And it was within a hundred dollars of the same price of in Chicago. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to drive to Chicago unless I'm getting a big discount flying directly out of there. And it was the same price. And I think flights are through the roof right now because they're trying to make up for all the lost profit. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, there's a garment shortage. All these bands are touring. So people are upping their prices. They're like, hey, someone has to get it printed somewhere. And I think just the cost of everything's going up, that that profit margin is shrinking. And now starting to reach a point that if you're a smaller band, like I'll use Obituary, for example, because they're on tour right now. Even though Obituary is selling out shows, you know, they're playing with in, uh, Immolation and Blood Incantation and like all these like big death metal bands right now. Still, they're probably not making a huge profit, you know, and it's just it's so sad to see that because it's like all these bands that have been riding high for so long. It's almost like they're regressing back to the days of when they started and weren't like if you're not made like Iron Maiden, Metallica or like Megadeth or a band like, you know, Five Finger Death Punch or Rammstein or anything like that, you're not making money. And it's just like, holy cow. I mean, even guys the dudes in Exodus and the guys in Testament, you know, they've all openly said, yeah, we have day jobs when we're not touring. And I'm like, what you guys keep, that's insane to me. Well, that's like when I, when they made a huge deal because, uh, um, it's, I believe it's the drummer from Kitty is a real estate agent. That's her day job. Yeah. She, she shows houses there. She, I saw her business card online. It's like, uh, well, I can't remember Landers, blah blah blah, and it's it's yeah. she's a real estate agent. That's what she that's her day job, and you know a lot of people. Um, um, somebody, relative in a relatively big band had to quit because they couldn't afford to be in the band anymore because they weren't making enough money to 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 because you still got to travel stuff like that. Yeah, and you're out there on the road, and they're like. I had to go get a job, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's crazy, you know, and it's like, and I tell people all the time, cause like when I tell people what I do, I'm like, you know, I, I do special effects in film. They're like, well, why you work on movies? Why, why are you still working a day job? And I was like, I don't make as much money as you think I do. You know, it's like, it's not like I'm like making bank over here, broski, you know, and I recently picked up photography and that has been, wildly successful for me but the cost of buying equipment is so high that there's no profit to be had unless i'm booking and shooting seven days a week and making you know six seven hundred dollars a day i mean there there's no there's no there's lenses that cost more than my camera did yep you know two three thousand dollars and i'm like oh oh my god dude this is nuts Last year, my son, we were taking a family picture, and my wife does photography on the side. She yeah. she makes okay money when she does it, but it's she's she works in the medical field. That's her yeah. day job. Um, our son ran and knocked the camera over, <laughs> and I had to go and I was like, "All right." So I dug. I had I'd been hoarding back money because I was going to buy myself another car, which is what I fucking needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been hoarding back cash and I'm like, all right, I walked up to her and I'm like, buy another camera. And she's like, the camera, the, just to get the same level camera, she goes, it's another $600 more. And I'm like, I'll see what I can do. And I, yeah, but I bought her another camera and it was like $1,800. Yeah. And luckily luckily the lens was fine yeah but it the fucked, lens 
that's where you get into big money there because it's like i said the camera i just bought was like fifteen hundred dollars and that's like for pretty entry-level mirrorless yep. you know uh full frame camera yep. but then looking at the types of lenses that people are recommending to me and i'm like dude these are like two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars like yeah that's where the money's at because lenses will last forever yeah. Your camera will eventually, you'll have to upgrade it and get new one, blah, 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 blah. But they're like, the lenses, if you keep them nice, they'll last you forever. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, and I, I have like four lenses that I hop between. And I have two that I definitely favorite. But it's like, even by used lenses, you're still looking at seven, $800 sometimes. It's crazy. The lens Tina really wants is like $3,500. I believe it. And uh, totally that's not including, you know, your camera, your camera bags, all your accessories. And then she's, we bought the big expensive printer. So yeah. she has the, the big, the damn thing weighs like 60 pounds. Yeah. And it's photo, you know, I can legitimately, I joke around. I was like, I could print off like cases and stuff for like video games and shit. You'll never know the difference. It's not oh, like. Yeah not like a bootleg one where i can you know run it off no it'd be perfect yeah. and she's got that upstairs that thing was i think it was over 1200 bucks for a printer i believe it like plus your lights yep um, a good like high level memory card you're looking at a hundred dollars a piece on those which is bonkers then you start to consider a good laptop or a good desktop for your editing, something yep. with high RAM to process that stuff. Like I I'm shocked. I haven't burnt my iPad out with how much I'm working it with the editing I've been doing. And I'm like, I need to go buy a MacBook. And I'm like, well, God, MacBooks are, you know, 1500 to $2,500. I'm like, I just, I can't swing that, you know? And it's uh, being an artist in any form, whether you're working on movies, you're a photographer even being like a painter or, you know, being in a band, there's so much front end cost. And I think now more than ever, uh, just the cost of stuff going up yep. is, uh, it's really putting a hurting on it, you know, and it, it sucks that uh, we as artists uh, can't live off of that. I mean, when has an artist ever really been able to live off that? But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's harder now than ever. And we're even seeing it with some of our favorite bands, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really, really sad, and uh, it breaks my heart for him. <laughs> well, it's like I'm, I'm, uh, my channel's growing. I've, I'm yeah. getting, you know, a lot of subscribers and stuff like that. There was like, you making a lot of money. I was like, I ain't making shit. I, yeah. I, I make a little bit of money off Patreon, and what I make off Patreon, I buy new equipment. Yeah, that's all I do. I have not made any money, and that's bad. Is I've also, um, uh, had sponsors who've tried to sponsor me, and I'm like, I don't like that. Nope. And they're like, you didn't take a sponsor? It's like, I don't use them. I'm not going to sponsor them. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I finally found one, one company that I really liked. And I talked to them and they're like, we'll, we'll sponsor you. What do you want? I was like, it's a thing called Ramen Toys. They make um, toys that are throwbacks to old stuff, but they they rename them. So uh -huh. you know, legal reasons. And um, they're like, yeah, we can do that. And I'm like, what do you want? I was like, send me two toys. Send me one to keep. Keep on, you know, I put it on the set, whatever, and I'll open it up on the show. And I was like, and one to give away occasionally. And they're like, we can do that. And they're like, is that all you need? Yep. I was like, I get, free, I get free toys. It's all. 
<laughs> you know what? I'm down. You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> I I would be all about free toys. My God, if I could get like, I now for what I do, it wouldn't work. But if I was like, imagine getting sponsored by like NECA or somewhere that oh, they're like, yeah. just, like the deluxe figures and stuff. Like, oh, sign me up or like. Even like companies like Super Seven and stuff like that, you know, these guys making like all kinds of cool toys and things. And uh, God, that would be so so rad for sure. Um, I'm talking to them, and I'm talking to a couple of t-shirt companies and stuff like that. I was like, dude, I'll wear your shirts on TV. I was like, you yeah. see t-shirts that I like, I wear them. I'm even throwing out out the bands. I'm like, dude, you want to send me free t-shirts? I wear them all day long on my show. <laughs> I I've tried to do that with my FX stuff. Like I'm like, listen. I don't really have a name. I'm not really famous or anything like that, but send me a free t-shirt. Give me a free t-shirt. I'll wear it on set and I'll talk about you guys all day long. You know, yep. and I have a few friends that are in bands that have given me free stuff uh, to either have people wear in movies or for me to wear on set and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I've posted so many pictures where I'm like, I, I'm the, everyone's wearing like, you know, horror movie t-shirts. And I'm like the one guy that's like wearing band shirts every day. And I'm just like, if you want to spread the word, man, just give me a t-shirt. We can make it happen. You know, it's just like, that's the best thing that could happen is getting sponsored by uh, an artist or a band just to wear their stuff. Um, God, that'd be a <laughs> I, I should as much as I, as, as, and the worst part about it is everybody associates me because I do love the band Clutch and uh -huh. I got a few t-shirts. I legitimately have four Clutch t-shirts, mm -hmm. but that's how people recognize me because it's the clutch shirts. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't wear them all the time, man. I wear star Wars t-shirts probably in a hundred times. Clutch yeah. I have more. No, I take it back. I was going to say I have more per, uh, perturbator shirts, but I only have, I only have three of those. So, <laughs> but now, now I'm like, you know, I would, I would totally wear, just send me a t-shirt, man. I'll wear your shirt on my show. I'll get hell with it now. Oh yeah. I see the trick is I need to get Iron Maiden to sponsor me because I currently I have eighty six Iron Maiden shirts. Totally nuts, and I, anyone who's watching this knows me. They're like, "Yeah, that that checks out." Yeah, um, seems about uh, right. And, and that's that's just them. Like, I think I have like eight or nine goat horse shirts. I mean, I have like three perturbator shirts. Uh, God, I'm just trying to think of all the. I mean, of all the bands I listen to, I have anywhere from like three to five shirts on average, and because uh, that's that's just how I support. You know, I wear the shirts oh, yeah. and people see it, and it's like the best kind of advertising is a t-shirt. You know, and everyone mm -hmm. loves a good metal shirt. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, it's just uh, that's what clicks. I actually, I'm trying to go through and sell some of my old shirts because I'm like, I have so many fucking t-shirts. I need to start getting rid of these. Uh, it's it's totally crazy, but yeah, I mean, that's like the best kind of sponsorship, like. Especially if you could get in with a company like, you know, Fright Rags or like, you know, Cavity Colors where they're making all those really cool horror and uh, sci-fi shirts and stuff. Like, God, they, some of the best artwork out there and oh, uh, some of shit, the yeah. coolest designs. Like, I remember Fright Rags kicked off. When was that? Like 2010, 2011, 2012, somewhere in that range. I could be off by a year or two. Yeah. But back when they were doing like, the what would Jason do shirts with the hockey mask and just doing like kooky stuff like that. Now they're doing like officially licensed, like triple a feature horror film shirts. And like, they're doing everything ever. Um, they have an they, OCP hat. Yes. I mean like everything 
and they then again always working with the coolest artists out there to bring you the coolest designs oh yeah like it's they're unstoppable <laughs> and yeah i'd love to get in with them there, there's a couple other ones uh, um i was talking to and the one the guy's like dude i'm too small i'm mm -hmm. like all right i was like man i was like he's what would it take i was like just send me a shirt send me like a shirt a week i'll mm -hmm. wear it on my show no problem i was like it's you know, yeah, that's, that's a lot of t-shirts. I mean, for a month, but I mean, yeah. that's that. I was like, literally, I was like, that's my average show does, I don't know, 10,000 views or something like that's like 10,000 people that would never see your shirt otherwise. Yeah. Know? Even if it was just one a month, I mean, that, yeah, yes, I mean, one yeah, just wear a month and it's like, people see it and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know? So. And, and people ask me because I still wear their shirts on on my oh, show. Oh yeah, and they're like, "Where'd you get that?" Because I have the uh, they did a bunch of Star Wars uh, that look like concert shirts. Oh, so man. instead of Black Sabbath, it says Black Squadron. Uh, it has Mandalorian instead of Metallica, and it says "Hunt mm -hmm. Them All" instead of "Kill Them All." Oh my um, god, that is so sick. Uh, what was the other one I got? Um, I got Rebel Rebel, which is the uh, um um. Princess Leia with the uh, Ziggy Stardust lightning bolt on her oh, face. I, I've seen that one. I have yeah. seen that. One. Yeah. Um, what was the other one I got? Uh, um, I got the uh, the the Stranger Things Eddie Munson t-shirts that look like the Metallica t-shirts. Uh -huh. Um, I've seen one before where it's uh, um, uh, I've seen the Iron Maiden shirts for the Trooper. Where it's a, a, a stormtrooper. Yep. On the, I've seen that one. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot. I saw one. It was a Judas Priest one for the Rebel Squadron. Instead of like screaming for vengeance, it yeah, had like. Yeah, I got the, that one. That's the other one I had. Th those it's, are uh, yeah. so cool. I love those. Yep. And I, I love crossover stuff like that. It's always. This is Jedi Priest. And yes, is, Jedi uh, Priest. Yeah. Oh. I have that God. one. Um, trying to remember so i got a, i got a couple other ones too that they did mm -hmm. oh i got a um one that looks like a black metal t-shirt except mm -hmm. for it says xenomorph and it has the uh, uh alien in oh, it i and, love that uh, i have one it looks like an 80s t-shirt and it says lv426 uh -huh. and it's like the 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 the, the 1980s uh synth wavy looking print yeah. and stuff like that. i have those those uh, are so thing love that stuff Oh, I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a total nerd for a cool shirt, you know. I uh, I geek out for that stuff all the time. I'm I'm so bad about it. But you know, I go on a movie set and someone goes, "Dude, that shirt's so cool. Where'd you get it?" Or go to a concert and you have something you know unique and it gets people talking. You know. Well, you know how many bands I've met because I was at a show and I had a mum I had my Mumra T-shirt on. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the most people have the Thundercats logo. No, I had the Mumra logo. Yeah, and it's dude. Um, he's like uh, um, uh, the guy from uh, the lead singer of uh, Finger Eleven. Mm -hmm. We're at um, um, I don't know if it was Odd Bodies yet or if it was still McGuffey's. He looks at me, and goes, "Is that a Mumra shirt?" I was like, "Yeah." Fuck, where did you get that? I'm like, I own a comic book store, and he's like, "Dude, that's awesome." I'm like, "Dude, you're in a fucking touring band." And you're telling me that I own a comic book store, so that's awesome. And I ended up hanging out with them. I hung out with a uh, um, bunch of the, the guys, not the two main guys, but the um, uh, the other guys from uh, um, Hell Yeah. Uh -huh. um, 
Um, otherwise, a bunch of, you know, small, not real big bands, but, you know, <laughs> all because of concert. You know, my, I was wearing a comic book T-shirt and those guys spotted it. And, uh, you know, I was like, fuck it. But I've also had um, the bar- the one is uh, we went and seen uh, Fozzie, Chris Jericho's band. Mm-hmm. I'm literally up front, front row, five feet away from him. And this is when he was feuding with Kenny Omega. In, uh-huh. in, in, so I have a Kenny Omega T-shirt on. And he's yeah. sitting there, he's looking, he's uh, uh, you know, doing his whole thing. And he looks at me and he points at me. He's, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I just start laughing. He's like, in Kenny Omega? I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. But uh, hey, you know what? He he stuck to kayfabe, man. You know it's, it's yeah. And, you know what? And sometimes those are the coolest bands to hang out with, and and is are some of the ones that aren't like super huge and stuff like that. And making that connection with them over stuff like that's always so so rad. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I I've met a band once or twice and had a cool T-shirt or just like you know recognized them, hung out, bought some stuff, and then like it kind of becomes a reoccurring thing. In fact, uh, one of the things when David Elson and I were hanging out on the tour bus in Columbus, uh, we were talking to a couple of the other like crew members. They're like, so how'd you guys meet? We're like, well, we met for the first time at Rock on the Range. I said, but then I met him again at a con and David was like, that t-shirt you were wearing, you had the funniest t-shirt. And it was, it was an all black shirt and then in white letters, all it said was, Remember when Robo when Robocop shot that dude in the dude dick. dick? Yep. And I got a photo with him and at the con he's like, dude, that shirt is so funny. And he remembered that. And that was like in 2018. So it's like, oh my God, this is like five, six years ago, and he still remembered that shirt. And I'm like, God, I didn't even think you'd even remember me, let alone the freaking shirt I was wearing. You know, it was just so wild how those things happen. Well, th- that's one of the funny things about doing the the uh, horror movie, you know, doing the convention circuit and stuff yeah. like that. I've been doing the convention circuit, comic books and all that shit since mm-hmm. two, 1990, mm-hmm. um, you know, or earlier than that. And it's funny because I had people that would that hadn't seen me in years. I mm-hmm. thought there's no fucking way. And he's like, dude, you're, you're yeah, I remember you. you used to, I'm like, dude, I ain't seen you in 10 years. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you stuck out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it, it's wild how those things happen. And, you know, I've, I've uh, just randomly met some of the coolest people. And then, you know, it's like sometimes at concerts, you'll like just make a random friend that you kind of just talk to, but then you like don't stay in touch. But then you randomly bump into them a year or two later at a similar concert at the same venue. Um, that actually happened to my dad and I. So it was... 2013 we went to nashville to see iron maiden megadeth was opening which was like freaking the coolest thing ever and um in the crowd in between megadeth and iron maiden these two guys almost got in a fist fight right where my dad was at he grabbed one guy and pulled him back it was like dude chill it's not worth it you know just cool down it's fine everything's cool and that guy calmed down he's like you know what you're right thanks gigantor and he called my dad that because my dad's like six foot six two fit like my dad's a huge guy and so he towers over everyone else and so he looks up to my dad calls him gigantor and no exaggeration that was in 2013 2016 we go to tulsa oklahoma to see iron maiden and we hear from like a few people down hey gigantor we turn around and it's that same guy 
And since then, we have bumped into him at two or three other shows. So we see him every now and again. And we've never like traded info on like Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. But he's like, he, he remembers us, you know, just, just like that's how you associate people with things. It, it's so funny. Well, I ran into uh, somebody a while back. I ain't seen them. I couldn't tell you their name or nothing. I don't even know their name, but I've, I, I, you know, they're the guys that you kind of spot at concerts and you like yeah. run and, hey, fucking high five. and uh, I hadn't seen him in years. All of a sudden he walks in and goes, what the fuck happened to the rest of you? I went, what? He goes, you used to be kind of, and I went, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was almost 250. I was like, I'm 180 now. And he's like, how'd you do it? I was like, fucking hard work, man. It's like I don't fuck around, and he's like, "Good on you, man." The fact that he remembered that I was chubby at one point, and now I'm fucking lost a bunch of weight. I'm like, I don't know if that says anything that I stuck out that bad because I was just bloated or whatever. Like such a but wild I, thing to remember by someone just come up and be like, "Dude, what happened?" You just can be like, you know, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, gee, thanks for reminding me." Like, <laughs> uh, I was like. Oh man, it, it, it's it was just funny because it was out of the blue. I hadn't seen this guy in a few years, and yes, I had lost, like I said, a bunch of weight. And he's like, "What the fuck happened to the rest of you?" And I'm like, um, "The gym, uh, <laughs> the gym happened. The gym, hard work. You too. Yeah, and 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 uh, and I stopped eating a lot of junk. Um, <laughs> that that'll help. That'll help yeah. for sure. And it, it's it's just one of the ones where. It, the, People love to give heavy metal music shit because mm -hmm. it's all Satan music, whatever, whatever. I've been to pop concerts. I've been to country concerts. And, you know, just like, because you're there and you're like, oh, it's, fuck it, we'll go see him. I don't care, you know? Yeah. And I've seen people, literally the worst fucking show I've ever seen with people trying to fight and uh -huh. drunks and just people getting into shit was the one time I went to country concert. I was going to say, it had to be country concert. <laughs> I went there once because I got free tickets. Yeah. And I went, I was like, yeah, I went to see the one band. That was it. Boom. Get in, get out. That was my whole thing. But I was stuck there all day because I went with my friends who were there for the entire day. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm watching people fighting like two feet away from me legitimately i'm watching these people going at it in a sleeping bag not 10 feet away and i'm like there's just kids running around i'm like okay what i've wild <laughs> and they're fucking guys doing fucking and, and, and you know yeah you see people smoking weed you see people drinking fucking you see fucking people fucking smoking meth and shit at fucking well it's country concert it, it, it's crazy for, the, for those of you who don't know maybe not be from around here once a year here in ohio in the fort Laramie area just i mean uh, retrospective what an hour north of dayton let's say yeah uh, it's a three-day weekend country yeah, concert extravaganza redneck olympics man like no judgment but like the stories and the pictures and videos I've seen looks like it is just a lawless wasteland for like it, three days of just chaos. It looks I, I insane. I feel like I should have been Mad Max out there. <laughs> like I'm expecting to see like a Morton Joe rolling up and it's just like, dude, it is oh it, it's wild. And I have friends that go every year and I'm like, how and they're like, I was like, Do you save up all your party energy for that like one weekend? Because I could 
I used to be a party animal and I could not keep up with that. Like it's, it's insanity. I, I like I said, man, it was, it was bad. Cause we got there early, you know, uh-huh. fucking early, especially if you only got a one day pass, which is all I had. My other friends were there for the entire weekend. So I had to get let out on the road because the roads. Oh yeah. It's dead stopped. So that I whole get, town is just, yeah. I had to down. walk. Yeah. And then try to find my friends. And this is the early days. No one had cell phones. And and so I finally found them. Spent the day. I had to get the ride to come back that night. Because they couldn't get into the campgrounds to get me. So I had to wander back to the road. And then wait in the dark for my ride home. And I was like, all right. This is the one and only time I've done this. I'm done. Fuck this. I'm never coming back. And uh, they tried to do one rock one, and they're like, oh, we had too many problems. Have you been here during the country? I knew people who can't, who had a, because a, a, it's at a campground. It's, it's, yeah. people legit have camp there all year round. They have their motorhomes or their trailers or shit. Yeah. There. And they're telling me these horror stories about, you go, yeah, we, we don't even go there for like two weeks before or two weeks after because it's a fucking filthy mess. So like the entire month of July, they wouldn't go to their own campground because they they're still cleaning it up. I'm like, but that was years ago, so I don't even know what it's like. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you what it's like now. I mean, like like outside of like the stories I've heard from people, and everyone's like trying to get me to go one year. They're like, come on, just come one weekend, just do it once to say you did. And I was like, I'll make you guys a deal. If someone pays for my entry where i don't have to spend a dime on it you guys want me to go that bad y'all chip in buy me a pass i will go that's but right me. that's the only way i'm gonna do it because everyone's like you got it you gotta experience it once and like it's like it's like gathering of the juggalos like i'm not gonna throw shade at juggalos it's not my scene but the amount of people are like you gotta go once and i'm like i i'd rather do that because I feel like that would at least be like entertaining to a at degree. At least there's bands I'm going to like there. Yes, because <laughs> I know Static <laughs> X plays there. Metal bands and, play. Yeah, and Gwar. like Gwar's played, Cannibal Corpse has played, and it's like uh, David Ellison's band, The Lucid. Since they've done stuff with uh, Violent J, they've talked about playing, and I'm like, I can go with stuff like that absolutely. And you know, at least there's stuff going on. Like even no matter how goofy it is, like they have like rap battles and stuff, tournaments. And I'm like, okay, I can get down with this. But you know, I look at all these like heavy metal festivals like over in Europe, and I'm like, I want to go to like Hellfest really bad. I want to do like Resurrection Fest or Download or uh, you know Inferno or Mystic Festival. And it's like I want to do all this stuff, but I'm like man, is it going to be like a complete shit show like the festivals here in the U.S.? Or do they have do they have it together there? But I've heard uh, my buddy Don actually works for Iron Maiden, so he goes on tour with them. And he's told me that most of those festivals are so well organized and the people, he's like, obviously you're going to have people that are like kind of a handful to deal with. He's like, you're going to have that at a regular concert. You know, yep. he's like... Yep. He's like, overall, it's it's nowhere near like the stuff you see here in the U.S. He's like, people are so respectful of those things. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping one of these years to get over there and go to one of those. Because it's like, it's always three or four days of like every band in every playlist I've ever made, you know. So it's like, I mean, Hellfest this year. Oh, my God. I, I got to like pull it. Because I know Iron Maiden's headlining one night. Um, I think Ozzy's playing one night. I mean, it's just, it's. And, and it's always like, you know, 
three or four stages. What is it? Oh, yeah. Kiss, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Hollywood Vampires, Iron Maiden, Pantera, Slipknot. Those are just headliners on the main stage. Like, you look at this, yeah. and you see all these bands, and it's just like, dude, how do you even start to pick where you're even going to be, you know? And everyone complains about, like, all my friends that listen to country and go to, like, country concerts stuff, like, man, it's so hard deciding who I want to see when and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, can't relate. But, like, also, I look at stuff like this, and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, it's like uh, when I did Psycho Las Vegas, I re I recognized if I want to see some of these big bands like Emperor and Merciful Fate, I'm going to have to sacrifice these other 10 bands I want to see that day if I want to get up close for this performance because there's just no other way, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget, uh, you know, because so the first band would go on at like, and, and I, I mean, every festival's like this. We've all seen it where the first band goes on at 11 and your last band's not off till like 3 a.m. Uh, the one night, I think it was Saturday, was when I had the most bands in a day I wanted to see. And the first band I wanted to see went on at 11. My last band I saw was Health, but doing like a DJ set. So they were like just picking random songs and doing like a DJ set for like a dance club type thing. And they were the last band to go on that night. And I think I ended up seeing like 20 something bands that day. And every single band had like an hour set. But because of that overlap, you know, you had to like run around and all the stages are on like the other sides. So I'm like doing a dead sprint everywhere. And it like, I, I went to see At The Gates. Uh, and if anyone who's like a death metal fan, they played like the whole Slaughter of the Soul album, which was like a legendary thing. And I was halfway through their set and it was like poolside. So there's people in the pool having a circle pit and like splashing everywhere. And it's like so much fun. It's halfway through. I'm like, shit, now this other band's on. So I had to run over to the next stage, catch like three songs for that band. I'm like, oh shit, this band's on. So I made like a dead sprint to this other thing. And it, it was like ridiculous trying to see all these bands. It, it was it was out of control. Um but then just, you know, some of the bands that you do get to see back-to-back, -back, like the Friday night, in a row, I saw Carcass, Mayhem, and Emperor, all three back-to-back. -back. And it's like, these are like huge legendary bands that, you know, should be headlining in their own right, but all playing back-to-back. -back. And it's just like, one of those things where it's like, every band you're seeing is better than the last. And it's like, who even came up with this? You know, it's... It just it blows my mind some of these festivals and how they're able to pull it off and, and get some of these bands together to do it. You know, it's uh, it's always amazing. And, and especially some of these bigger ones like Download Festival where you have like Friday Night's Iron Maiden, Saturday Night's Kiss, Sunday Night's Metallica. And it's like, how do you even have the money to even get those three bands, well, let alone you, the other 30 that are playing? It's like, Jesus, dude, this is crazy. Well, when you get 100,000 people at $1,200 per ticket, <laughs> what kills me though so like hellfest i was looking into it and every year i put myself on their wait list so when tickets launch i get an email so i can buy them but they always sell out in like 10 minutes mm -hmm. your ticket for four days and this is what again kills me and i think it's just a united states thing uh ticket master uh your your four-day pass including your camping is like 250 $300. And I'm like, all the bands you get to see, and it's all general admission, just, you know, it's a free-for-all. And I'm like, $300, and there's like, how many bands playing? And some of these bands, you couldn't 
see all these bands in a row for that money. No. You know, how, how are you pulling this? Off? I mean, it's insane to me how they're able to get these artists together in one place and be able to only charge that. It's just, it's totally be, beyond anything I can even imagine, you know? Um, but it's, it's cool. And I wish more stuff like that would come here. I don't know if you saw, um, oh, what is it? Uh, the Milwaukee metal fest. Yeah. They're, they're reviving that and that lineup's amazing. And that's this coming weekend. And I was like, I was going to try to get a ticket. But I was like, Oh, I'm going to be in Europe. So I can't double dip really. Uh, I'm going to be like 8,000 miles away. <laughs> my, my whole thing is, is it's, uh, I was like looking at it and I was like, Oh, and I'm thinking about, it, I was like, I have to leave the shop and leave Joe in charge for at least X amount of days. Plus have somebody watch Vince and Five the dogs. Percent. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I got to justify all this overage, and then the fact is, I'm going to be losing money on top of that because I'm not at the shop. Yeah, and uh, it, it's bad, is because as much as people like Joe and they go in there, they they, they deal with him and stuff like that. People like dealing with me. So, sure. Mark Mark makes okay money. Joe makes okay money. I'm the, you know these guys are here. I make you know x amount of money over that so i have to justify losing that amount of money oh yeah to, to go do anything that's like i went to i had i'm sitting there at wrestling and joe calls me up and he's like dude it's slow and i'm like oh and i'm like i i love going to see in deathmatch wrestling but literally you can only see it in like pennsylvania and like michigan those are like the only two places you can actually see deathmatch wrestling sure <laughs> Because they don't allow it in Ohio anymore. Um, so I, I have to drive up there. And it's like, man, I have to leave. I, I open up the shop. I have maybe one customer. And then I leave. Yeah. And then I had to do that, justify that for next Saturday. I'm like sitting there going, okay, it's two and a half hours there. Um, if I open the shop at one, they don't take the stage till 730. I can leave at four. <laughs> I'm like figuring up. So I'm like, okay. So I can make sure I can make myself some money before I leave. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like when you start to land in these scenarios, it's like you become a real mathematician and you start like scheduling all this out. Like, okay, what's the most opportune moment to to pull off leaving and going to do this and stuff. And it's, it's, I think about that stuff all the time, especially when I like have to consider like booking a film gig versus like working a day job versus like, all right, am I going to be able to pull off going and seeing this band? Or like, if I'm, like when I was out in in, uh, in LA, there was a couple of concerts I considered going to while I was out there because I'm like, all right, I'm going to miss these bands when they're in Ohio or Kentucky or Indiana or whatever, but they're going to be out here at this time. Am I going to be able to pull it off? You know, and it's just like, it starts to, it becomes a whole thing because of the, the routing and stuff. But then also whatever you have going on in your personal life, it's always crazy. Well, that's like, I've I've gone to shows and I've gotten lucky because I've been on vacation or something like that. And they're like, hey, such and such is playing down the street tonight. I'm like, yes, all right. <laughs> see concert. Well, here we go. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, uh, we went to. I haven't been to Harpo's in forever up in Detroit. Oh God, yeah, I've never yeah. been. And we went to we went seeing GCW wrestling up there, and I'm sitting there walking around going, I've been here, and I'm like looking. I'm like I knew where the bathroom was. I knew where everything was, and I'm like, when the fuck was I here? And then I'm like, I remember when I was here. Fuck, I saw Gwar here. <laughs> it was because um, Gwar was at Motor City Comic Con. Uh -huh. And I used to hang out with those guys at all the shows, at all their comic book conventions and shit. 
and they're like are you going to the show and i'm like dude i gotta get back to ohio and i don't have a ticket and they're like fuck you mean ticket i was like just be here we'll get you in yeah so i drove you know the whatever 20 minutes from the convention to harpo's and went and seen war for free because they were like yeah come on in oh my god and uh i got to see them in atlanta doing that because Mm -hmm. i was at uh dragon con and um I was at an event screening for Mimic. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, well, when's the movie over? And I was like, well, I don't know, because there's a Q&A afterwards, whatever. And they're like, okay, we're going to be here. You go, and I can't remember what there he is. This guy will be at the door. You tell him who you are, and he will walk you where you need to be. Oh, so my I got God. off. I got, because they had a, a uh, um, you know, transit van or whatever to take us from yeah. the theater back to the convention center. And I got off that, ran down the street, went in this alley. There was this big dude standing in the alley. And I was like, are you Dave or whatever? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you Paul? And I'm like, yep. Opened up the door. I walked past everybody and boom, right there I was. And I saw war that night too. That's crazy. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Wouldn't you believe I've never seen Gore live? How crazy is that? Everyone's like, you have all you've not seen Gore, and I'm like, I've ne-. and they they tour twice a year, probably yeah. constantly, and they're they're always in Cincinnati. Yep. They play Bogarts every year like clockwork, and uh, every year something's come up. I regret not seeing them. What was it? Late 2021 when they were touring with Napalm Death. Yeah. Dude, I regret not going to that show because I'm a big Napalm Death fan and I haven't seen them in years. And uh, yeah, I, I just like they and they always have a great lineup of bands performing like on their on their tours. So it's like uh, that was I really regret not going that. But it, it always seems like every year they tour, there's like some kind of conflict and I can't go. And I'm just like, dude. I'm just going to have to hire them to like play me a private concert at this point or something. Cause it's like, how do I keep missing these guys? You know? I, and it's like, I, I even met Dave Brocky at a convention about a year before his passing. And it's just like, I, I've met one of the guys and I haven't even seen him live. Like, how does that even work? You know, it's, it's crazy, but they're like one of those legendary bands, you know? And it's like, I've also, I've never been to dragon con and with how much I do cons and stuff like that, everyone's like, Oh, you got to do, dragon con like it's so much fun i I love dragon con and hate dragon con simultaneously gotcha one is it's a great con there's just there's so many people and uh it's it's like very very big yeah i'm I'm not gonna lie um if i had a single dude Uh uh-huh fuck good looking single dude you make out like a bandit (laughs) and and it's it was bad because um I went and I didn't know, did uh, not know any of this stuff was going on. I went down, uh, probably the second time I went down uh, was with me and one of my really good friends years upon years ago. And um, I've, as I've told you before, I don't sleep in hotel rooms for shit. So sure. I think I slept maybe four hours the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but fucking partying with everybody i end up i had this is my favorite thing is, is i got to party with boba fett chewbacca and r2d2 um amazing and it was all because of yet again i was wearing a hot i was wearing a t-shirt while well, i was wearing a hockey jersey and uh jeremy boba fett had just got hockey in his hometown uh-huh. he loved hockey so we started talking hockey 
and it just went off. And then I end up at the in the in the uh, hotel bar, with uh -huh. him, and I start talking to him pretty soon. Peter Mayhew shows up, sits down. Freaking uh, Kenny Baker comes in. I end up hanging with those guys for a few hours. Um, then I go, and they're like, "Okay, well, the best thing about it is, is that um, this is fucking mid '90s." And uh, I go to the hotel bar, and it's like seven bucks a beer. I'm like, fucking seven bucks a beer, goddamn! So I got down, I went down the street, found a freaking liquor store, and I had my backpack. So I filled my backpack with liquor. Oh my I took god! It back. So I'm sitting there, legitimate. Looks like I'm nursing a beer because I bought one beer, and the whole entire time, like at my feet, I have a bag full of alcohol. So I yeah. just. <laughs> Just like slowly, like just pull yeah. a new one out every now and again. And then then we went back and we're in the hotel and um it's the West, and so it's this big opened up area going up, and everybody's rooms open. Everybody's rooms open. Oh my everybody's God. hanging out in the hallways, everybody's partying, people are out, everything. You're just going from room to room, and I'm just sitting there and, and I'm like, shit, if I was a single dude. <laughs> it's unreal oh man it, it was weird and you can go go one of the best things you'll ever read in your entire life is about a week before dragon con go on craigslist for atlanta and read these people trying to get roommates or to hook up for the weekend oh my god i can't and i'm just like add. what is I'm, happening right now i'm like and and it's funny because people go what's it is like it's a Fucking nerd orgy is what it is. And everybody's like, duh. I was like, fucking go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you you got the 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 family side, the actual but man, sure. something uh, it's it's I, probably I tell people all the time, and I've believed this my whole life, because I've been doing cons since 2010, roundabouts. And um I tell people all the time, nobody part and I I mean I've done mostly horror cons, but I've done anime cons, I've done like fan expo where it's a little bit of everything yeah. and you know i've i've done like you know more comic cons i've done a little bit of it all uh but i'll say nobody parties harder than nerds do straight up it doesn't matter what what sanction of nerdum or fandom you're in nobody parties harder than nerds do like i i mean like i said i was a party animal in my early 20s and I would go to these things and get completely sloshed. And I, I could never keep up with anyone else that I was partying with. And I was like, dude, people are crazy at these things, you know? And it's, uh, you know, I have friends that within the film industry, you know, they, they go from con to con showing their films. And, uh, you know, just hearing the stories of you know, just how much partying they do while they're out. And I'm just like. How 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 do you even recover? You know, just doing this all the time, man. I just I I couldn't do it. I'm I'm an old man at heart. Like I gotta go. I gotta be in bed by like eleven, or I'm just like, all right, I'm just not gonna make it. You know. So, <laughs> well, I, I can I can tell you the best one was I was at a con years ago, and I'm sitting there, and I end up. People love talking to me. That's sure. kind of why I've I've end up doing this show. Is um, so I'm sitting there talking to this couple, full Klingon gear, full. Oh my God! Ridges the gear, and I'm just sitting there talking to him and talking to him and talking to him. Then I start to realize why they're talking to me, and I'm like sitting there, like, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna well, let's continue the party upstairs in our room," and I'm like, "Oh, this dude wants me to, you know." I'm like, 
I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm. You walk in the room, you see an upside down pineapple, and you're just like, wait, hold up, what, what's happening? Uh, oh where's God. this going? And uh, I was like, I'm sitting there because it's 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 not really dawning on me. I'm not thinking. I'm not even sure. thinking about it. Some few drinks in, and uh, and all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like I uh, I I I got a thing to be to. I'm late. I, 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 I got I gotta go. I I I'm like no. I'm 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 married. Thank you. I'm I'm I I appreciate the offer, but I'm married. Thank you very much. I gotta go. Uh, oh gosh, that's insane. Totally. It, it was one, and it was like, and part I hate to say this, part of it was like in full makeup. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm gonna do it, but you gotta keep the ridges on. You yeah. lose the. And, and it's it, I'm sorry, no sale on that. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you guys gotta stay in fucking costume because this is not going. <laughs> you guys, no, you gotta like, speak Klingon like dirty talk in yeah, Klingon. Fuck, you gotta stay in Klingon character the entire fucking the character time. the whole time. <laughs> but no, oh, like, oh man, it, it was it was one of the ones where I was not ready for it a hundred percent. You know, because like I said, people yeah. fucking, and I don't know why. And my friend pointed this out to me. We were at a hor uh, horror hound this year. Mm -hmm. and he goes dude fucking people love you mm -hmm. and i went what he goes everybody talks to you like they're your best friend mm -hmm. and i went really and he goes those people sat at our table while we were eating and they just struck up a conversation with you mm -hmm. and they are asking you questions and shit like that and i'm like okay and he goes, and then we were standing in line to talk to Lloyd Kaufman. Dude next to you started talking to you. And and he's like, and, and like every time we would stand somewhere, people wanted to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm an asshole. Why would anybody want to talk to me? And see, and I tell people all the time, like, and, and I think you you very much like myself, we're just, we're, we're talkers, you know. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, obviously, we're just like rambling about the craziest, wackiest stuff, but it's oh, yeah. like, you know, you, I think you have a really good personality with, you know, you're just an easy person to talk to and stuff. I have like this problem where I, I have the same thing happen to me, but you take me to like a con or like a concert and it's a curse. It's within my family. You look in the crowd and I want you to point out the weirdest or sketchiest looking person in that crowd. And I promise you, they're going to come right up to me and strike up a conversation. I always attract the weirdos. Uh, I attract awesome people, and we end up being friends and stuff. But, but I do. I always attract the weird ones. They walk up, and I'll never forget this. Uh, my dad and I went to see uh, Voivod over in Columbus at the Ace of Cups. Mm -hmm. His a guy he works with band was opening, and we took a couple guys he went to work with that he's known since he was a kid. And we're standing there, and there's this guy just being really fucking weird in the crowd, just being, like, just, and it's like, I'm not just going to look at a random person, but, wow, they're weird. But it's like, he was just acting really strange. And I will never forget this. My dad nudges me. He's like, I'll bet that dude's going to come up and talk to you. He looks at, he's like, watch this. And we're just hanging out, and about 20 minutes later, dude locks eyes with me. Walks up to me, and he's like, he can barely, like, if I could get up right now and show you how he was walking... He was clearly very intoxicated and walks right up to me, doesn't point at my shirt, but puts his hand on my chest. He's like, starts patting my chest. He's like, 
bro, I fucking love Entombed. Your shirt's so fucking cool. And I was like, thanks, dude. And then he's like, yeah, man, and then walks away. And then the, this guy, Tommy, that my dad's friends with, looks right at my dad. And he's like, God, your kid cer- certainly gets it honest. That's the shit that used to happen to you all the time. And it's like, it became like a joke for the rest of the night. And I, I said, you pick out the weirdest or sketchiest person, they're going to come right up to me and try to be my best friend. And I am so socially awkward that I'm just like, ah, I don't know what to do. And it's always, and everyone thinks it's hilarious and all my friends make fun of me for it. But uh, it always makes for a fun story every time. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the weirdest dude to me now at concerts. It's the drunkest dude. I get that too. Oh I, my God. <laughs> and and it, it doesn't help anymore. I'm, I'm fucking sober. I've been sober Same. for like nine years. And I, I don't like the smell of alcohol anymore. I can't fucking oh, yeah. be around it. And it's never... Hey, man. I'm like, oh, fuck off, dude. Go away. Oh, you fucking stink and you're sweaty as fuck. Go away. Oh, God. And it's and they're always sweaty and kind oh. of smell. It's like, oh, God. Like, and, and my wife just uh, kind of looks at me and kind of snickers and laughs. She's like, we were at fucking JD Legends. I can't remember what band we were seeing. Um, some hair band. Sure. And um, I'm there and I'm like, this guy won't fucking leave me alone. And I'm like, my. I'm, I know he's just like fucking drunk in front. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking knock him out. I, I can't fucking deal with this anymore. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, my wife can like, my, my eyes like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, hey, dude, I'd push him away. And he, and pretty soon he'd be back over. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, because if not, I'm going to beat this guy's ass. And I was like, yeah. too drunk. Because I get it, he's drunk, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, and and if you're gonna if you're gonna fight somebody, at least have them be sober so they at least know why they're getting their ass beat. For and, sure. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go back here and I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I go take a piss. I come back and I can see him. And I'm just like, all right, fuck off, dude. Go away, go away. Pretty soon he stumbles off and he walks off. And I'm like, all right, I walk back up and I make my back where I'm at. And I'm like, whoo, okay. And my wife's like, you good now? I'm like, yep. That guy just pissed right off. <laughs> it was uh la- last year so this would have been like march of 2022 i went to the king of clubs and i saw it was prong and overkill were playing I wanted to see and that. i got there a little bit early for like some local local opener and i this is why i uh, anymore i almost refuse to go to concerts alone i either want someone there with me or people i'm meeting up with there but i went by myself to this one and oh my god, within ten minutes of being in there, this dude—I mean, absolutely shit-faced, borderline drooling and like lazy eye going—walks right up to me. Hey, bro, really like your shirt, man. I was like, thanks, dude. Uh, I like yours. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to be nice. And he's like following me around, like just trying to. And I can't understand a fucking word this guy's saying. And I'm just like, oh my god, and. Uh, He's just like following me. And there was a couple points where he'd like start rambling to some other random person. Like, shit, yeah. So I'd like weasel around and I'd get away. At one point that night, I feel a tap on my shoulder. He's like, it's him. He's like, hey, I thought I lost you for a second. I'm glad. And I'm like, please, no. Yeah, yeah you thought you lost. Because I was running away from you. And it's like, and what he said, I thought I lost you for a second. Like, I'm his best friend that he like got disconnected with. And I'm like, oh, God, Why? 
and I'm just like way too nice. And I'm just like, oh, this is miserable. Uh, but I was able, one, by the time Overkill got on, to get clear up to the front and away from him. And oh my gosh, that was that was that was a wacky time with that. It's uh, and I I've been sober this October will be four years for me. So it's like, uh, w- once you've been away from that for so long, you kind of hit a point where it's like, ah, uh, don't. Like it's cool if people drink. I don't care. I'm not. No, yeah, like, it's me. I don't care like, either. You do your thing, but it's like once it starts to like affect me and the fun I'm having, I'm like man, now you're now you're just bumming me out, you know. And it just uh, it gets wacky. Um, but yeah, that dude. I mean, as funny and awkward as it was, uh, it was really hilarious when he was just like, "Oh man, I thought I lost you for a second. I was like, no, he found me. It was like. It was like something out of a comedy movie, dude. It was so hilarious. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's every time, uh, whether it's a bat or a con or, um, yeah, it's it's always something. <laughs> that that's the one thing I wish I could get away from, man. Everybody, you know, like I said, everybody thinks they're my best friend. Also, I, I joke around that I am uh, what we what we refer to is pickle famous. Everybody knows me in town. There's a fa- there's a handful of us that you know. Of course, you know Eric has tattoo shop. You know you got a couple of us that yeah. like everybody knows us because of our our businesses that we're in. You know, and they come up and talk to us like they're our best friends. Yeah, and I'm always pleasant. I try to be nice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some people I I've legitimately told people I was like, dude, I'm 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 out with my kids. You know, I've got my wife and stuff. I was like, I'll yeah. talk, come to the shop on Monday. Talk to you then. Yeah. Oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I got those people, you know, who who have boundary issues, who mm-hmm. don't. And and it's funny because uh, um, I, I, like you said, I'm a wrestling fan. And um, we talk about uh, the wrestler Randy Orton. He was at yeah. the gym and people were taking pictures or wanting to talk to him. And he's like telling the guy, dude, don't fucking take pictures of me. Wait till I'm done. I'll talk to you when I'm done with my workout. Totally. And I was like, I fucking understand that. And they're like, oh, whatever. Like, dude, you don't understand. People fucking will. Some like if I'm at the gym, there's a handful of fucking people will not leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And when I'm at the gym, especially if I'm by myself, if I'm with Mark, it's one thing. Me and him bullshit and talk and we work out. And I try to keep it between just me and him and we keep our workout going. And uh, but sometimes, man, I, I got my earbuds in and I'm focused. I'm doing my workout. I don't pay attention to anybody at the gym. I don't pay attention. You know, everybody's like, oh, there's hot blood. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't pay attention. And I'm there to fucking work out and get out and go home. And um, these people will come up. Hey, man, what, oh, did, you get, did you get any? I'm like, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm working out. Talk to me when I'm, I'm, at, I'm at work. I, I, mm-hmm. You know, dude, feel free. And I was like, you can talk to me all you want. Five hours of two to, two to seven, you can talk to me all goddamn day. Yeah. I was like, but, but seven? Till two in the morning, <laughs> like that's my time. Leave me yeah, <laughs> people have serious boundaries issues sometimes with stuff like that. Because I mean, back when I worked at Fye, whether it was in Piqua, Columbus, Beaver Creek, Dayton, wherever it was at, there'd be people who would like come to know me from working there, especially in Columbus, because it was like Columbus. We had a lot of metal heads that came through, and I was like the metal guy, the horror movie guy. And so people loved coming in. And I mean, I had customers that would come in on my days and they'd hang out for three or four hours and just chat with it. Like to the point where I wasn't getting work done. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in trouble, you know? And, um, 
there was a time I was at, God, where was that like Barnes and Noble or like Best Buy or something? Like just on my own time buying something. And one of my regulars sold me like, hey, Derek, what's up? And I was like, oh, God, like I got to run away. And like I freaked out and ran because I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm in the zone. I'm in my world. Like, please don't do that. You know, and it, and I felt so bad that the next time he came, he's like, dude, what happened? You're like freaked out. And I was like, man, the Derek you get here is customer service, Derek the Derek that you ran into at Barnes and Noble or whatever, like that's like daytime me. That's like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. I'm in my world, you know? Uh, and so it was like so awkward, but I was, when I was at that uh, days of the dead in um, Atlanta, I was standing in line to get coffee one morning. I think it was like Friday or Saturday morning. And Malcolm McDowell was standing right behind me. And we walked by, he saw me, I was like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, good. How are you? I was like, great, great. And that was it. That's all it needed to be. Yep. And this guy walked by and sees Malcolm, stops, turns around, walks back up. He's, oh my God, Malcolm, so nice to meet you. Malcolm's like, yep, nice to meet you too. And like, just trying to be pleasant, not mean, yeah. but he's just like pleasant, but like, hey, like, I'm, don't leave me alone. And the guy's like, dude, I, I love you so much. He's like, thank you, thank you. And he's like, dude, can I get a picture? And Malcolm's like, you know, no, why don't you come by my table later? I'll take some pictures. We can talk all you want. He's like, no, nah, man, like, let's do a selfie right now. And Malcolm's like, sir, I'm just trying to get coffee. I turn around, I'm like, dude, you're just like, can you leave him alone? I was like, he's at his table for like 12 hours today. Come by and get, I'm like having to stand up for a celebrity here because this guy's being a dickhead. And I'm like, dude, just leave him alone. This is the only him time he's going to have. Probably for the rest of the day today, you know, I, until he gets bombarded with fans, like, chill out, you know, just like leave the guy alone. And, and for what? Because you want to save $40 on getting a photo with him later, but then you want to piss him off or like, dude, yeah. I've never understood that uh, well, people overstaying their welcome or just like trying to like bombard celebrities and stuff like that. It, it, I mean, it's totally crazy. But after that guy ended up walking away. Malcolm went to me and he just put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. I am so sorry. He's like, oh no, it's fine. And I was like, no one should do that. You know? And so when I hear about people like, you know, bombarding celebrities, like at the gym or when they're out with their families, like I've just, I've never understood that. Cause it's like, dude, they're people too. And you know, it's like, uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> That's like, um, like I said, we were just at horror hound. <clears throat> we went into the cafeteria, got some food my friends did and I'm just kind of hanging with them and I'm walking out and I'm talking to this guy behind me, not paying a bit of attention to who he was. We're just chit chatting about the weekend. Walk off. And he's like, see you later. I'm like, yeah, later, man, whatever. And I walk <laughs> off. It's because you know who that was. And I went, no. And he goes, dude, that's uh, uh, uh Zola, the, the kid from uh, uh, Cobra Kai, blue beetle. And I'm like, ah, cool. And I wonder like, you didn't get a picture. I'm like, Dude, he was getting food. I don't like that's that's his time, man. I ain't going. Yep. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. And, and like, as, as a person who kind of does handling, like for for some of these, uh, uh, like a couple celebrities at these things, because when when Jeff, David, and Chris do the like, I'm handling all three tables at the same time, which is mm -hmm. whew, that is a lot. Uh, that is intense, but it's fun and I love it. But I'm blown away uh, by just 
the way people act sometimes about it, the way people treat certain situations, but then at the m most terrible times when they try to like approach these people. Um, and it's like, and I just see it with them and I'm just like, God, like I've never understood that. Like the amount of time, free time they have to themselves outside of doing this is already so minimal and it's so exhausting to do it. And, you know, they're already going above and beyond by being here, signing, taking photos and talking to you. And I've just, it's, it's just, I don't know. People need to, to learn to like, not if, if someone's out eating food or they're with their family, like let them have that moment. If you get a chance in passing to say something and they say, no, be like, all right, you know what? That's cool. Whatever. But like, don't bombard people. Don't like, you know, ride their ass about stuff. I just, I, I've never, never understood that. It's uh it's so crazy to me. I, I've always felt bad for those guys. And th I mean, there was times on the Kings of Thrash tour where I'd be backstage with them and like, all right, we need to get to the bus, but we had to go like in uh, JD legends, they had to go through the crowd to get to the green room. So David's like, stay on me. And I'm like, what? And it was like, and I'm like, I'm like elbowing people all the way, like, get away. No, 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 go, 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 get out of here. And it's just like, it, it just, it, it was so shocking. And like being up on the bus and then seeing like 30, 40 people just sitting out the bus, out of the bus banging on the window, like, what is that? Like sign our stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is bonkers. And what they ended up doing, and they didn't even have to do this. They told me, they said, Derek, you and Chaz go out there, gather up everybody's stuff, bring it on the bus, we'll sign it, and then you can take it back out to them. And I was like, all right. So I said, listen, they're not coming out, but if you give me your stuff and write your name on this sticky note, I'll keep everyone's stuff separate. I'll go back up, we'll have them sign it, and then we'll bring it back down to you. And everyone's like, oh, I'm like, you're lucky they're doing that, dude. Like, chill out, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. And uh, even having that a little bit, just being like a retail worker that somebody likes or owning a business that somebody likes, or even with me being like, uh, I'm like not a horror celebrity, but it's like within the indie scene, like people know who I am, yeah. you know? And so it's like, when I go work on a film, I'll bump into people like, oh, dude, I'm a real big fan of this. And then it's like, oh, dude, thanks. You know, I'm glad you like it. And I'm, or someone's like, oh, I've been wanting to work with you for a while. I'm like, cool. But then it's like, it turns into an everyday thing where if like I'm off working on something, they want to stand over my shoulder. Or if I'm like taking photos or editing or whatever, and they're like, want to be at my side all the time. And I'm like, please don't do this, man. Like no. oh, I could, I could never be a real life celebrity. Cause I, people would cancel me for being a dickhead, like within like a week, man. <laughs> Cause I just like, I can't handle it. It's it's crazy. I, I I would do if I was ever a big time celebrity. I would do. I would be the worst big time celebrity because one is is that you you see what was it? Well, oh, goddamn. Um, was it Harry Potter? Or whatever. He wore the same shirt and pants every time he went out somewhere. Mm -hmm. So every picture looked exactly the same. Oh jeez. Oh, so no one could get any paparazzi. It's like, like, because it all looked, he was wearing the exact same shirt, pants, and a hat. That's genius, actually. And so people stopped taking pictures because they kept getting the same pictures essentially over and over again. I was like, about the only thing you, you would get from me different is I'd wear a different t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to get very, um, but you know, it, it's bad. And I, I probably, 
I, I, I kind of felt bad and, and, um, I, 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 I asked you to get a couple things signed and then I felt bad. It's like, man, I should have never asked him to do that. Cause it's kind of a dick move. I felt like I was abusing. Uh, oh, dude. Our, no. And actually, that, oh, hold on two seconds. Oh. Uh, it was right here, actually, in the other room. We're actually just gonna, just for shits and giggles right here on the air. You can see, I ended up, I did, I got them signed for you. So, they, nice. so they're Thank totally you. signed. I need to, I'm gonna, I, I, I put it off for way too long. I need to swing by the uh, your shop and actually drop those off to you. I might do that tomorrow. Cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's no worries. They... It was like a weird situation. I have a weird relationship with them where it's like, it's so professional, but every once in a while I bring stuff in. I'm like, Hey David, can you sign this for me? He's like, what's this for? I was like, it's for me. And he's like, okay. And he'll like, it's like, and he, it's not a big deal and he doesn't care. But at the same time, he's just like, you got to be more professional than this. Stop having me sign stuff for you. <laughs> I'm like, I can't help it. You're like one of my favorite musicians. And it's, uh, you know, I, being a fan and also working in it it's hard to not do that to a degree so it's like my first time working with david i brought a, a stack of stuff i said listen i was like we're gonna be professional this week and we're gonna get it done i'm gonna take real good care of you guys i said but i need to do it this once and just get it out of the way can you sign all this stuff for me i was like i'll pay you whatever he's like tell you what instead of paying me he's like i'll just take it out of what i pay you at the end of the con and i was like that's fine, dude. So he ended up uh, signing all my stuff. And, uh, and you know, and at that point, he was only charging like 20 bucks for an autograph, which is absurd. Yeah. Uh, how low that is. Like, my God. But uh, and and now it's like I, I took the stuff to Atlanta. I said, listen, I have a buddy back home who couldn't make it out to any of his shows. And he really wanted to do the VIP and the yada yada. And I was like, but uh, he gave me these CDs. Would it be OK to get these guys signed? They're like, oh, yeah, totally. And so they signed them. And I'm just like, Yes. Okay. Perfect. You know, and I did get a couple of guitar picks for you too. So I do have a couple of those. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it totally not a big deal, you know, and, it, and I, I tell people all the time because I have so many friends that are like horror fans and stuff like that. And I, I say, you know, I can never guarantee anything, but if I'm working with somebody that somebody wants to get something signed by, I was like, I'll take it and I'll ask but I'm not going to promise you that I can make anything happen. Like I've worked with Felissa Rose now on seven or eight projects. Like at this point we work on everything. It like, if Felissa's not on it, I'm not doing it. like it's at that point really. And um, I've never had her sign anything. And that blows my mind. I was like, how have I not had her sign anything yet? I'm just like, I did And, but then I'm like, I don't even have sleepaway camp on physical media. You know, I have a couple things she's been in, and I have stuff that's signed by her, but I've never brought anything for her to be like, hey, will you sign this for me, ever? And that just blows my mind. Same with um, uh, Hannah Fairman. I've worked with her on several projects, and I've never brought anything to her for her to sign. I just worked with Sean Whalen, and I love people under the stairs. Twister is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I was like, and I not only worked with him, Alan Ruck was in the movie, and... um. And I was just like, how did I not have anybody? He had like three or four people from Twister in that movie and I didn't get anything signed. And I'm like, I dropped the fucking ball on that one. Now, Alan Ruck was like in and out super quick and he was not 
he wasn't even signing stuff for Indiegogo. He's like, I'm not signing anything. And it's like, I respect that. Yeah. Um, the only thing he did sign, we sold a couple eight by tens and he said, I will sign the exact amount that we sold. And it was like 10 or 15. So he just signed those. He's like, that's it. And I'm like, man, I would have loved to have gotten something signed, but it's like, obviously I'm not going to be that guy and ask because he was very strict about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I worked with like Robert Mukes from House of a Thousand Corpses and I never, I didn't get anything from him. Um, and it's just, it's been, it's been weird. Like you just hit a point where it's like, I don't even think about it, but then I'll have like a friend, like, um, I worked with Kathy Podwell from Night of the Demons and, uh, a buddy of mine at FYE, like Night of the Demons is like his favorite movie, which I'm like, what a unique favorite movie. And, uh, he forgot to give me something for her to sign. So I asked her, I said, dude, like, he's a huge fan. Would you like write him a note or something? She's like, oh yeah, totally. She, she picks it up and she's like, dear Mike. And she like writes him this note about like, oh, it's so cool that you love Night of Demon and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, that's almost cooler. You know, it's just every once in a while you can pull something off. I think uh, with Hannah Fairman, since she did VHS, I was working with someone at the time who that's was like, she's like, dude, I love VHS. And she scared me so much. And that was like, I know what I'm going to do. So I did, I asked Hannah, I was like, can we make a video? She's like, yeah, totally. So I do this video. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm on set with uh, my friend Hannah. And then she's like, hi, Abby. I like you. And then like, and then, so I send this video off to my friend, Abby. She's like, Oh my God. You know? So I, I tell people every once in a while, I was like, I, I can sometimes pull stuff off, but I'm, I'm never going to promise anything. Cause you just don't know. And I don't like to be that guy. You know, I don't like to exploit my celebrity friends for anything like that but you know sometimes they're super cool about it and all about it you know so you just oh, never yeah. well i did i did gem city con one year as, uh -huh. a, as a vendor and i'm literally 10 feet away from kevin eastman the creator of teenage mutant ninja turtles holy cow and he signed in i think three things per person uh-huh and so i took my three things up there and he signed uh um i had the four of the the first four turtles games for the nintendo and the super nintendo oh hell yeah he signed all of them put a little turtle head on all of them and he's like i hand him the three he, he signs them and he looks over and he goes you want me to sign that one too and i was like dude you just signed three he goes i'm slow he goes i'll sign it real quick so he signed it and then he looks over and we're sitting there and we're talking through the day and i'm talking to a couple other artists and stuff and you know i'm making money and it gets slow and he's like Got anything else you want to sign? He's like, I see a turtles over there. I went, yeah. He goes, what? what he goes, he goes, give me some stuff. Okay. So I just oh, legitimately God. hand him some stuff, and every once in a while he just, you know, and set it off to the side when he was dead. And so by the time I left, I had. 30 signed books turtles oh my god i had uh toys signed i had because he would just he'd get slow and he'd just be like give me give me something to do you know yeah. and, and and it was funny because i ended up saying it was him and i believe angel medina who was on uh spider-man at the time mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he kept giving me shit because i took some of his earliest artwork he had done mm -hmm. and he's like and he's just staring at me he's going you're the asshole and I was like, what? And he goes, dude, no one has brought me that. He goes, I don't even like signing yet. He goes, and you've made me sign three books. I'm like, I didn't make you sign shit. 
like, you asked for like, this, man. I was like, <laughs> he's like, you got any more? I went, I have like a couple more that you did. He's like, fuck it, give them to me. I'll sign them. And he continued to sign them just because legitimately we were like five feet, you know, like boom, boom, boom. And it was like, sure. we end up just bullshitting the entire weekend. Um, I did um, Haunted Screams Expo over in Virginia last year. Mm-hmm. And it's legitimately, I was with the guest and I don't know why they decided to put me with the guest, but I was there with my podcast and my show. <laughs> and I'm with David Naughton, who's was kind of standoffish, but friendly enough. Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster, um, uh, Gary Tunnicliffe, Mike Regan, mm-hmm. and Paul Taylor, which I call the Hellraiser guys. Yeah. We sat there and talked the entire weekend, just bullshitted the entire fucking weekend. And they were like, you guys, you got anything you want signed? I was like, yeah. I was like, but man, you guys are whatever. And he was like, just put it over here. When we get to it. We'll get to it. If we don't, we don't. I was like, uh-huh. all right. And so I hand them stuff. And I'm like, I, I was like, man, I was like, you guys have been a blast. I was like, can I ask you to sign one thing? Mm-hmm. One thing and that's it. And I was like, I have a copy of Feast and the, on DVD. And I was like, I'd love to give it away on my show. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah. So Gary signed the front of it. Mike signed the back. And I was like, what do I owe you? And they're like, I don't know. Can you can you go grab me something to drink? And I was like, what do you want to drink? I was like, I got my cooler behind the the, the my thing. I was like, I can, I can actually get you something like, you know, not from the thing. He's, uh-huh. yeah, that'll work. And so I just brought him over a couple things to drink. They hang out. Um, uh, God, Daniel... Um, He's he was Grandpa Munster in Rob Zombie's Munsters. Um, oh, Danny Roebuck. I just yeah, Roebuck. he's yeah. cool as hell, dude. Yeah. So cool. And and he kept the entire weekend. He'd come over because I did an interview with him, and he kept stealing because yeah. I had a jar of candy on the table, mm-hmm. and he kept stealing the Twizzlers out of it. And I was like, Fuck, just he's like, can I have one? I'm like, yeah, dude, just take whatever you want. And at the end of the thing, I was like, I was like, man, I was like. I'm going to ask you a favor if you don't mind. He's what's the favor? I was like, my son loves Star Wars uh, uh, Fallen Order. And he, you know, because he does uh-huh. uh, one of the characters in the in the game. And I was like, can you just say hi to my son real quick? And I was like, I'll tell you what. I was like, he goes, got any more Twizzlers? I went, I'll give you all the Twizzlers you want if you sign this. And he's like, yeah, hell yeah. So he's like, he, he takes my phone and he's like, Hey, Joe, get to the ship. You need to start yelling at my kid in the character. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. My son, I still have it on my phone. My son has it on his phone because I immediately sent it to him. And it was all because he wanted some candy. And I'm like, that's amazing. Um, I end up hanging out with uh, Bonnie Morgan and her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were across the room. But we end up hanging them at, at the after party. Uh, I end up meeting a dude named Tony Cook. Tony Cook does the practical effects on a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with the name. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's worked on Walking Dead, Outcast, um, um, uh, God, everything from old, he, um, God damn, I don't remember what it is. Uh, Traders and some other shows. Um, and he's like showing me pictures, but he's he's coming to our on in Piqua. He's bringing Dragula and the Mystery Machine. And, you know, fucking hung, hung out with him the entire weekend, hung out with the guys from Hellraiser and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's only one person who was really kind of standoffish and wouldn't talk to anybody, but from what I understand, that's pretty common with him. And that's a uh, uh, fucking Leatherface in the re, uh, reboot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've, Andrew. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, all right, I get it, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, but everybody else is friendly as hell. So, yeah. People cons like tend to be really, really cool. And especially if you're like if you're a vendor or you're another celebrity or celebrity handler, usually you can pull off some really cool stuff. I mean, I took the Megadeth guys over to meet um David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown. Mm -hmm. Uh, because Jeff, uh Jeff Young is a huge Terrifier fan. Like he loves those movies. He's like, Man, I just really want to meet him. I was like, dude, let's go talk to him. I was like, I will take you over there right now. He's like, would you? And I was like, absolutely. So we went over, we got a big group photo. Days of the Dead shared it on their page. I mean, it was a whole thing. And then um, I had some friends that were handling for the Terrifier people. And I said, hey, I have this theatrical poster for Terrifier 2. Can you guys get a sign? I was like, I'll give you whatever money. Every single person signed it for free, except for one. So it's got like 10 signatures on it. And I'm like, damn. And I still have like a bunch that I need to get to complete it. But it's like still like, damn. Well, I went to Tim Capello and he saw it because I have a celebrity badge because I'm with the Megadeth guys, right? And he was like, oh, man, he's like, you got that. He's like, yeah, I'll sign whatever for free. So he signs a poster for free for me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it, and it just pays off to be like a part of that community because you can oh, get yeah. stuff like all kinds of cool shit like that. I mean, that's how I met Danny one of the first times. And then. When I met with him on set at uh, date or on Crust, the one I was just doing, he was like, "Yeah, I remember you and Jaren. You guys were at Days of the Dead, blah blah blah. You were at the Megadeth guys. You were just a couple seats down from me." I was like, "That was me, yeah." And it's just like it's crazy when you start to like have these people remember and stuff. I mean, Days of the Dead in Indianapolis last year, um, I ended up sitting at Hannah's Fearman's table with her because she didn't have a handler; she was doing it all herself. I ended up being basically just sitting with her at her table my girlfriend at, at the time and i were just sitting there hanging out with her i'm like this is fucking wild man we're just hanging out you know and uh um what was it tamara glenn was like on the one side of us right behind us was the uh the chick who pl plays the lead in frankenhooker was like right behind us Laura park lincoln from uh friday 13th seven, was seven. and i'm like i'm like this is fucking crazy man well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something um I guess this is uh, breaking news, kind of. Uh -huh. uh, I am currently in negotiations for the next Pickwicon in November. Mm -hmm. And a couple people that you've talked about, I'm talking to their management right now about bringing yeah. that to So I, I don't know how... The, the one I would love to do, which is way out of my price range, is uh, um, the, 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 the management that I'm talking to now has everybody from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 except oh. for Robert England. Gotcha. And um, I'm like, man, the prices aren't horrible. I mean, of course, fucking Heather Langenkamp's out of way the fuck out of my yeah. life. But I'm just staring at it. And I'm like, ah, oh, goddamn, I can afford them. I can afford it. Um, but I'm like, okay, maybe that's, a, maybe that's next year. Maybe but I'm... If their guarantees are bad, you could hit those guarantees pretty easily. I mean, 
just being in the greater Dayton area, nothing like that comes through. That's my goal. That is you, my you, goal, 100%. Can, so I'm sitting there staring at it. The, the right now, the only issue we're having is is that with the mall changing ownership and shit. Yeah. Um, and now they're talking about closing off half the mall. They're talking about doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, if I'm going to do it for two days and I have to charge because it's not going to be what I've been doing with PickwaCon with sure. free through the door, basically to get it back flowing again and to get people back into it. I mean, literally, I sold out of tables this year. I've yeah. sold out of tables last two years, uh, last two shows. Well, um, even the show I was at last year, last yeah. June, a huge turnout. Like yeah. it was super, super good. This last one we did in November of last year mm-hmm. was bigger yet again. Oh, love that. I I counted through the door that I was at because it's not mm-hmm. including the people coming through the through the mall. Sure. Five fifty. So wow. I'm guessing we got six fifty to seven hundred people at the con this time i mean i'm not going to guarantee it this time because you know it's it's the malls you know the mall Um, yeah 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 oh yeah and and, uh um i didn't have the uh conventions going in because i had one convention in february and then my next convention that i'm doing as a dealer is until the weekend after mine Mm -hmm. so i had no advertisement i wasn't able to get to the conventions and hand out uh, uh, flyers to everybody like I normally did. So it's like, so I'm advertising them all over fucking the internet and shit. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm at right now. But we're looking at a couple venues uh, that aren't far from the interstate uh, for our November show. And I'm figuring out what I have to charge, figuring out what um, mm-hmm. the, the guarantees on some of these people. Um, some of them are well, easily affordable, no problem. Yeah. So I'm looking at them like, okay. There's three people I could get for under five grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's doable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And yes, you know, they're not, you know, they weren't in, yeah. One of them has been in, in Friday the 13th. One of them was, you know, from VHS. Mm-hmm. One was in uh, um, um, uh, Blair Witch Project 2, which people, mm-hmm lambast Blair project too but fuck it i like it i don't care i think uh, people are starting to come around to it because i've had so many people online be like this movie's an underrated class it is like, it's so it's not that terrible there no, are it, movies <laughs> oh yeah dude i i and, and and as bad as as i tell everybody that there's a difference between bad movies and boring movies absolutely you have a bad movie that's just dumb fun that you enjoy and then there's movies that could be fucking great, have huge budgets and everything else. But if they're boring, it's like, whatever. I'm Yeah. Well, and that's like people all the time. Like, oh, man, ghost shit. That opening scene. I was like, yeah, the opening scene is all people remember because the rest of the movie sucked so bad. Like, it's like, I, get out of here. I but love ghost like, ship. Which was terrible. And I'm like, okay. I love ghost ship. And I got ah. yeah, the scene with the, with the wires great. But when that hook catches that singer chick. Ah, and then. Uh, that's great. I love that. And uh, and the fact is that that movie, that movie has a phenomenal cast and does nothing with it. <laughs> it for real, it doesn't. But one I revisited recently that I was actually shocked how much I enjoyed on the rewatch was actually uh, House of Wax. From around that same time, I I enjoyed House of Wax. It's not terrible. I mean, 
who doesn't want to see Paris Hilton get killed in brutal fashion? Like, come on. It's oh my so, God. That's, that's one of the best it. death scenes, especially since it goes out the, it, it, and they out pull the it out back. long ways. It's oh. oh my God. It's so good. So good. But I, I think what you're doing with, you know, with your con there, I mean, and just seeing it grow as much as it has done, I, like I've said a million times over, I think it's so rad that, you know, someone in our area is doing something with that, you know, and I hope you can start to get some of those names in there. Cause it, 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 it can only grow from here, you know, and well, it's uh, so awesome. My, my whole thing is, is that so many people talk, oh, I would love to make my town better. Yeah. I would like to be able to bring stuff to it. And a lot of people talk it. And I have lived in Piqua most of my life. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm, as I joke around, if somebody asked me, they're like, oh, I moved here, here. I live three blocks away from the house I grew up in. Mm-hmm. and not on purpose it was an accident i bought a house that i really like and it's literally three blocks away from the house i grew up in and if you're happy that's all that matters oh, yeah and i'm yeah. like i and um i can't remember who i was talking to but i was talking to somebody a friend of mine that lives out in california and i'm like dude i have this really nice house and he's like oh how much does that fuck cost you and i'm like you know x amount and he's like you know how much that house would cost in california and i'm like a lot i was like i got like, a nice little yard that I have a five bedroom, three bathroom house. He goes, that's a million dollar house out in California. I was like, not in Bitcoin, it ain't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and depending on when you bought it, because like now, obviously we're, we're going to get into some real wacky stuff. Like now buying even a ranch style house with like two bedroom, two bath is going to cost like $300,000. Like yep. the, buying a house now is just like uh, the craziest thing someone could do. You want to show someone you're a party animal? buy a house right now and people are gonna be like this guy's wild you know it's <laughs> well and, and then on top of that i'm trying to buy a building for my shop so oh, I, I i i am a glutton for punishment and uh on top of everything of uh, i'm currently doing between writing scripts doing these shows doing my convention i have a adult prom planned which we had to put off because that was supposed to have been yesterday um, but we just started running into some issues, so we just postponed it, and it'll it'll be later on this year. Um, I'm currently working on maybe starting my own streaming network. That'd be cool. Um, and and I know this is dumb. I I found this out and and I looked into it. Um, when they rebooted G four, mm-hmm. they were averaging a thousand views a day. That's insane. That's it. I knew more than a thousand views a fucking day. You did. You could easily. Yeah. Talk, like, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to, I got, I got all these people. I'm like, okay, I got a building. I'm looking at maybe renting to turn into a studio so we can have stuff legitimately going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That would be amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, if I have friends that do movies and they do uh, fan films, which you can't monetize, but you know what we can do? We can show the entire movie and have a commercial at the beginning, at the end, and pay for people to uh, pay for those commercial spots on, you know. Totally, yeah. And I'm like sitting there going, I think I got this. And now I'm I'm talking to some other people about putting shows together and whatnot. And um, yeah found out that a roku channel is not as expensive as i thought it would be um 
And do I think you're going to be able to scroll through and pick and shit? No, it's going to be a fucking 24 hours. You got to know what time our shows are on. Yeah. And then if you want to watch the show, you can real old school style. <laughs> yeah. If not, you know, the shows will still be on YouTube. So like if you miss the show when it airs, yeah. you'll just be able to go watch the show on our YouTube channel. That's the goal. And that's what I'm currently working on. And, and as my wife tells me, she goes, um, I, and as I told you, um, I'm not alive fucking about, Three months ago, I was this close to like having a nervous breakdown uh, because yeah. I do. I um, I put way too much shit on my plate. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I do. It's what I do. It's it's um, and as I tell that, anybody, that's what creative people do, man. Oh. When you get cool ideas and stuff, it's so easy to be like, I want to do this. I'm gonna do this, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh my god, what have I done? It's, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. And 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 on top of it. You know, and it's funny because I, I, I started looking into of all the stuff is, is all these people who are now sober mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they work and they do a hundred fucking things. You know, Alice Cooper, fucking clean and sober. He's putting out two albums this year, you know, and he's doing one. It's a, his current band and one is his old band. Yeah. And you're and like, then he's okay. boring. Yeah. On top of it, then he's out playing golf and working at like homeless shelters. It's like, does this guy not? What doesn't he do? <laughs> and, and same with like fucking Rob Zombie. All these bands yeah. that, that, and it's because once you're an addict or an alcoholic and shit, like I was, mm -hmm. you try to keep away from that as much as possible. Yeah. And when you get stuck by yourself, or if you're alone for long periods of time, or you're down you start fucking having bad dark places and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, and, and this keeps me from out of that dark area, even though I can, I almost fucking killed myself because I pushed myself too fucking hard. Oh yeah. I, but you know, shit, I'm, I'm writing scripts for movies. Um, yeah. I'm plotting stuff. I'm, I'm creating three shows a week. Uh, I have my own business. I do two conventions that I own a year, not including all the other shows I do a year. Uh, I'm trying to do the adult prom, you know, and now I'm trying to get this and it's like, fuck, what am I doing? And I'm like, I'm at, I'm closing in on 50. And at this point I'm like, I want to leave something behind too, that fucking people will remember me. <laughs> yeah. And you're so wildly successful in all the stuff you're doing that it's like, oh my God, dude, like you're, you're killing it with everything, you know? And it's just like, you know, you're one of the people that, um, so, quick question. We're just going to go off the rails for a second. Morgan Thompson. Have you had her on the show? Yeah. You've had her? I am literally, I am, uh, she's texting me right now. <laughs> We're actually talking about me being on this show right now. How funny is that? Tell Morgan uh, I said hi. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I will tell her. Absolutely. I just, like, worked with her for the first time ever a couple months ago and love her to death. She's totally awesome. Um, okay, I hope we get to work together again soon. We've actually been talking about doing some photo shoots and stuff. And I'm like, she's... She's a blast. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're one of the people that I look to in, in, in for inspiration because it's like you're just constantly moving and doing things. And, you know, sometimes when we spitball like movie ideas or when I stop at the shop and we're just talking about film and music or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, man, this guy totally gets it, you know, and it's uh, it, it. I'm just amazed by all the stuff you're able to pull off. I mean, with the two cons, with all the the podcasts and the scheduling with the shows and, you know, also running your own business. And it's like, you're just doing crazy awesome stuff. Um, you know, and I, and I totally agree with the statement that I think once you've, 
been in a place where it's like you've I've, you've had some level of addiction, whether it's, you know, alcohol, drugs or whatever it is. And once you get away from that, it's like preoccupying your mind and doing other things that make you feel happy or feel fulfilled. And a lot of times it's something with a business or something artistically. And it's creating art is such a high for me. And I think that's why like doing film, it's like when I'm not working on a movie, I'm like at home, sometimes I draw, you know, some, I picked up photography and it's like, that's making me feel so artistically fulfilled that I'm like, I'm taking a camera with me everywhere I go, you know? And it's like, I, I could not agree more that you start to fill those gaps to keep away from that dark place with creative things that are fun and engaging. And sometimes it gets a little crazy. Uh, we all know, how to, like you said, you get a lot on your plate and you're like, oh shit, I didn't even think about this, you know, yeah. but in the long run, it, 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 I've told everyone, like if, if someone drinks, smokes, you know, whatever it is, you know, that, that, that's, you know, your life. I'm never going to judge someone for that, but it's like, once you do get away from that and then you start to do this artistic stuff, it's just, it is such an exhilarating rush and it's just so much fun doing that stuff. And, uh, you know, getting away from those dark places that you can easily fall into. Like back when I drank, you know, I would find myself in kind of sad, you know, not a great situation or whatever. And it, and it sucked. But as I'm away from that, it's like, I don't feel that as much. And, and it's like, I get to do something creative and you get positives out of that. Oh yeah. You know, and it's just like, like you're talking about how much the Pickwick Comic Con's grown, even from event to event in the same year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mind blowing. And that's just, that is such a rush. And I'm sure I can't even begin to scratch the surface of how stressful it is putting it on. But dude, once it's going and happening and you see those people there, you see people connecting, talking, having fun, like, dude, that's got to be such a cool feeling. It, it, it is so much fun. Like, I want to say that last hour. Yeah. When you're seeing people making money, when you're seeing, you know, people getting artwork done or, you know, the, the guy finding a book he's been looking for, the kids buying mm -hmm. toys, this, that, and the other, you're like, I brought this together. You know, you're yeah. like, yeah. And, and, you know, I have friends that do convention that have their own shows and stuff like that. And they do them in Dayton. They do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. you know? um, I, I would love to be, you know, but I, like, as I tell people, so I mean, pick one, you know, I'm never going to be, mm -hmm. you know, it's never going to be huge, huge, but fuck, it could be pretty big, you know, and you can expand to a bigger city. Even. I mean, yeah. it, there's no limit. Yeah. That's my goal is, is that I want to, there's, there's, there's a handful of stuff. I would love to make uh, my shows do well uh, and do what they are doing. Um, my shop's doing well. I would love to bring back live music again to Piqua because Piqua at one time had a thriving live music scene. Oh yeah. I mean, and people don't understand. I was like, dude, we had national touring acts that, you know, we had obituary. We had six feet under all these bands were playing. I remember music. six feet yeah. under coming through. Yeah. Yep. I was like, fucking, fucking Stephen Piercy from rat played the fucking mug and jug at one point. It's so cool. This is insane. And it's all gone. Yes, it's we still get live music occasionally, but we don't get. And um, I was this close to having, I've had bands, um, big, decent sized national touring acts 
really close to playing Piqua. Um, one was the guy who had the venue started flaking out on me mm. and I had to cancel everything. Luckily I didn't pay. I didn't, I didn't get to that point where I had started filling out forms and stuff like that. I was still booking dates and stuff. Um, then we had one where I'm like, Hey, I'd love to book you. And they're like, we're going to be through the area. You got these three days you can have. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at the days, like one of them was a Wednesday. One of them was the Friday that a Star Wars movie came out in the theater. I'm like, nobody's mm-hmm. going to fucking come to a show if there's a Star Wars movie dropping. Oh, yeah. It's like new Star Wars, everything's uh, yeah. on. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, it started, fell apart, but I've come so close. And my goal is, is to find a place that I'm big enough. I can turn into a venue maybe and have bands play that maybe not huge bands, but man. You know, if you're, you know, opening for Mega, you know, you know, maybe you're a band opening for Megadeth and you're a good band. Like, I love the band Prong. You were just talking about them. Oh, dude, Prong. I fucking love Prong. They're uh, so good live. <laughs> yeah, if Prong was coming, like, touring, like, maybe they're in Cincinnati with Megadeth. Uh-huh. And then they got nothing the next day. And if I could get them in pickup, fuck, I would fucking have Prong. Oh, dude, in, in a band like Prong, because, like, Tommy's, you know, he also plays guitar for Danzig. Mm-hmm. And it's like he has other stuff going on. Like for prong, if they're like opening for a touring act and there's an off day and they have a chance, I can't imagine their guarantee to play a show is gonna be that outrageous. For for a band of that stature, like I just I can't imagine it. And and when you talk about stuff like this, it has me wondering, like, God, what would be the guarantee to get like Kings of Thrash to come out and play? Because they're those are guys that could sign at a con yep. and then at night play a show. Well, and it's like, dude, people would come to that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's like finding out that, okay, um, years upon years ago, we were trying to set up one and we were trying to book um, Mushroom Head and the Misfits at the time. Oh, that would have been so good. And I uh, about that a little bit at one point or another. The, and that would have been so the, good. Yeah. The Misfits and both of them were going to be insanely cheap because the Misfits were coming through and basically that would have been on their day that they didn't have nothing planned. So you could we were going to get them for next to nothing. And sure. Mushroom Head, you know, they're out of fucking Cleveland. They they're were smoked down, guys. played, yeah. and went home. So they were like, "Yeah, yeah, we can knock this out." And I, th- their guarantee was like next to nothing. But that was also a decade ago. So I don't still, know. though, I mean, at that time period, Mushroom Head, which they've always been popular to a degree, especially in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, getting bands of that nature that typically would only go to like cleveland or cincinnati or maybe columbus in an area like this mm-hmm. where there's so many fans in the area that wouldn't even have to travel that far like yep. dude that would be an amazing yeah Gosh. and you know and you know what caused the problem not the two big touring bands it was the uh dealing with the bands i was going to have open for them that the local, the local guys are the ones that caused all the problems that blows my mind like that's such a huge opportunity for anybody mm-hmm well, the one I was doing, and I and I and I know I hate it, but it's it's fucking standard practice now is the pay to play sure. stuff. Yeah, and especially if you're a local band, and uh, all these bands were like, "Fuck yeah, we'll buy tickets and sell." I'm like, "Dude, you could sell the tickets at a profit, and then that's mm-hmm. what you make." Yeah, I was like, "We're gonna sell them to you at half cost," mm-hmm. and you sell them. If you sell them over. You know, say we had a $30 ticket, we're selling them to you for 15 mm-hmm. You sell them for 25 and make 10 bucks a ticket, fucking go for it. Whatever. Yeah. And um, I was like, then that's your money. 
that doesn't come to us. We already got our money because we got your, your 15 bucks per, and that goes to get things. And the more you sold, the higher up on the card you went. And then we started getting these bands. Well, no, I don't want to do that. Um, we, we need a guarantee. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking open for mushroom head or the misfits. You're never going to do that touring fucking the little club scene around here. And it started just, and it was, it, it kind of snowballed with a couple people and it was start causing problems. Cause there, then other people are like, well, if they're going to get paid, I'm like, they're not getting fucking paid. They're going to not what you think it is. Yeah. I was like, if these guys are telling you shit, then no, I was like, dude, then you're not playing. You're either a, you're going to have to sell the tickets or you're just not going to be on the card. And I'm like, and it started just falling apart. And then we had problems with some of the guests we were trying to invite. Mm -hmm. and the venue and it just sort of just started snowballing and it kept getting worse and worse and we kept trying to make it come better and uh, it's, i mean i hate to say it's literally the first thing we had happen was was i think we were going to have the misfits on friday night and mushroom head on saturday night and then misfits called us up their, their management called us up because we can't do friday we have to do saturday mm -hmm. and that was kind of the beginning of it but mushroom is like no we're good fuck it we'll do friday we're we're they're like, we can literally drive down, set up, play, drive home, and be home in our beds at night. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fucking hey. And they're like, and they're like, the, the only thing they asked was like food. Like, for, yeah. I had to buy the, the entire band dinner. Like, okay. Shit, I'll take, give you a guarantee and fucking order fucking pizzas for everyone. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. But it's just, it was, it's so sad that like you'd have opening bands get like all up in arms over something that, is not really what they think it is and then ruin that whole thing. Cause it's like, you're not even just blowing an opportunity for yourselves. You're blowing an opportunity for other people and all the fans mm -hmm. that want to be a part of that. It's well, just, it's, Oh God. And, and for lack of a better term, it's these local it's, and, and don't get me wrong. Some of these local bands are pretty good, but the problem oh, is totally. that they're local bands. And yeah. a lot of these guys will never be more than local, even no matter how good they are. Yeah. And, I don't want to take any anything away from them. a lot of them guys have got shit tons of talent. Oh, totally. But you're a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And you're never and and you're going to be stagnant at a certain point and you're never going to get any bigger. Uh-huh. And yes, okay, fucking an opening for Mushroom Head might give you a slight bump. Yeah. You might be able to do something. I don't know, but it's a chance that you'll never probably get again in your lifetime. I know. God, I wonder how many of those people look back on that and are like, fuck, man, we messed up. You know I mean, what I mean? Some like, of the bands I know aren't even together anymore. They don't even oh, exist sure. anymore. It's, oh, God, crazy. So crazy to think about. But, I mean, genuinely, I mean, your, your show's something that I can totally see um, growing and becoming something bigger and, and having the opportunity to do that again. I mean, what is it? Uh, uh, Ari Lehman from Friday the 13th, part one, like his Troy. band, First Jason, they're playing in Troy. You know, like, what? There's a, uh, the Jasons, the punk band. Yep. They're, pl they're playing in Middletown, of all places. And uh, there's a black metal band I listen to from, um, I think they're from Chicago called Sidan. And they're like, it's like Japanese anime-themed black metal. It's so weird uh but like they sing about like you know all that traditional like folklore and anime stuff but 
they're opening and they're and it's like a band that like never tours i'm like what in middletown of all places i was like i thought i was gonna have to go to chicago to see these guys or cleveland or something but they're playing in middletown like what and it's like if bands are doing that like there's no way you couldn't get a decent sized band that would bring a crowd to your show whether it's in Pickle or troy or wherever you decided to hold it like there, there's no way you couldn't you know especially with the attendees you have the type of people you pull you could get a band of that nature and so easy i mean even right. if you got like tim capello to like come out and play or something like that like that that would be a lot Dude, of fun we would have and that would be so huge because man there's so many people who love lost boys for real roll in and 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 especially now that he did you know we work with fucking gunship yeah do and yeah that's next year this year oh, yeah. is november um i might go down to one a year and just make it one big one next year yeah make so, it a two-day event and just make it your one one time a year thing and uh so, you know when you get tim capello we got to put up uh trash can fires and uh, just redo the whole scene from the movie, and uh, people are gonna love it. Uh, that would be so. To show up as fucking David and Michael, and oh my god, god, that would be a ton of fun. See, now you got me like, oh, now I got to dress up as a lost boy and show up. It's uh, it's gonna be a good time. Oh yeah. man, that's so much fun. But no, it's it's so cool, and I think there's so much opportunity for that uh, industry to grow and for your show to grow and uh expand and do those things and i feel like we're in a society now uh not to sound like a goober when i say that that sounded silly but um we are in a time and place where like nerd fandom is like so mainstream that going to cons is like it's cool you know and and, and it's cool that people are embracing that and enjoying it and having fun and stuff's popping up to where it's like even your friends and family locally are like making things happen and, and getting involved with it and it's becoming like a hey let's do this for the community let's do this for just for fun and it's growing and becoming something bigger and it's it's so awesome seeing that happen like i said setting up your show even though i had nothing to sell is more of me just promoting my work and talking about the films i worked on with people dude so many people came by and just hung out looked at the stuff and talked oh, with yeah. them and i'm so many friends and even got to see friends that I haven't seen in years, you know, and I, that was one of the most fun events I've ever been a part of. I had so much fun. That was so awesome. And I can't wait to do it again someday. Like it's just, it's such a good time. And it's such, it's still like such a fun little community thing that it's like, it feels like a family event, you know, having the bell book and comic guys there, having my buddy, uh, Stephen Hines there. And just like, it just, it was such a blast. I love every moment yep it's 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 fun being able to do this it's fun bringing something to my hometown mm -hmm. it's 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 depressing to watch just you know like like we're talking about the mall the mall is just fucking fun. even though it just bought and they're supposedly putting all this stuff in there from what i understand is is that in the next next month there's only going to be like three stores in that entire building that's insane. Yeah. Because even when I worked there, it was slowing down in 2014. Mm -hmm. But after I left in early, what was it, late 2016, from that point on, it was just like a downward spiral. And it's just like, I went in and took a little walk in there when we did your show last year. And it was just like, just a shell of its former glory. There, and it's just so sad. There's no food. 
at all. The last person left the food court, which was the one that was there for our last show. And it was bad because I looked at them because they they bet they they sent me an email and they're like, hey, you know, we'd appreciate it if you didn't bring in any food trucks. And I'm like, okay, understandable, man. It's the mall. Well, I'll help you out. I was like, and I walked up and I told him, I'm like, hey, I was like, you're going to want to get here early because them guys are going to want to start getting breakfast immediately when they mm-hmm. get here. So eight o'clock, you're going to be here and you're going to make sure you have plenty of food. Mm-hmm. They did not show up till after 10 o'clock and they ran out of food. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I told you, dude, yeah. you, they probably, and it was funny because some people were saying that during our last show, outside of maybe like Black Friday or something like that, those mm-hmm. people were making more money than they had made like most of the rest of the year. That's wild. And I'm like, I can see that because man, who else? I mean, when else has that mall had 700 people in it at one time? Uh, probably not for almost 10 years. Not, <laughs> like, since, they, not since Fred stopped having football players and stuff out there at the mall. Yeah. Because those were big. What's crazy is that mall used to have like events almost every weekend. It felt like it was like. Oh, totally... yeah. They always had something going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I worked there, um, there was always stuff happening. Like, oh, my gosh, all the time. They bring the race cars in. They bring you know, football and baseball players in or, you know, this, that, or the, I mean, there's always something. My favorite is uh, when they bring like the church groups in and stuff like that. And we'd be like blasting Slayer and stuff in FYA. They loved that. Uh, that was always a good time. Um, but. Oh yeah. Dude, they, know, had a, they had crazy. UFC guys out there at one time. Really? Yeah. Because of uh, um, UFC and uh, uh, oh God, what's the, the supplement place they used to have out there? Oh, GNC? GNC, yeah. They yeah. had a they had a thing, and so they were bringing UFC guys out there because of uh, GNC. I met fucking uh, the wrestler uh, uh, AJ Styles there because he was there because of GNC. Yeah. What? I, what, was, what year was that? Uh, 2012, maybe? No, it was before I – no, I had to shop. So, yeah, 2012. Holy cow. Well, man, I, I hate to do this, but we've been on here for a long time, and I have to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> it's all good. No, yeah. it's uh, I can't tell you how many times I. So I have my buddy Cameron, and we do a show every once in a while where we talk about movies, and we're always like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep it hour, hour and a half." And then like two and a half hours later, um, he's like, "Okay, we got to stop because I have to go to the bathroom." I'm like, "Dude, me too." Like, well, let's leave, we gotta get on this, but. No, it's super I'm, awesome uh, being on here with you again uh, after literally a year. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, – oh, Morgan says hello. Um, it's uh, – oh, my gosh. She's like – I was like, yeah, we were just talking about how cool you are and how much I like work with you. She's like, oh, come on. And I'm like, Tell, nah, tell her I just watched Debbie Does Demons a couple days ago. I need to give it a watch. I keep telling her I'm going to. She's like, have you watched it yet? Uh, and I'm just like, uh, no, <laughs> I was like, I've got, uh, Don is on my schedule for Thursday. So oh, I'll be no. interviewing Don again. Cause he's, we're going to, I'm going to talk about the movie. Cause I finally got to watch it. And then we're going to talk yeah. about the movie and shit with Don. So, well, I'll tell you what, as, as some of these other movies I'm working on start to come out, we'll have to get on and actually do like, uh, a breakdown, like a commentary or something oh, yeah. like that. Definitely. I do, talk, you know, especially with, uh, some of the real crazy ones like Dark Circles and Late Checkout and stuff. We'll definitely have to do that. I well, definitely don't want to wait a year 
How is that possible? <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that long ago. And uh, I'm supposed to do a show with uh, Jamie, Apple, Angel, and Morgan. And we're going to talk about the movie they worked on together. Awesome. So, That'll be but cool. But trying to get everybody because everybody's working. So, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. What we'll working. do is uh, down the road, we'll schedule one where I can, I can get myself and a few other cast and crew members from something together. And we'll do a big group one. Uh, I think that would be a ton of fun. We should totally set that up. But I super appreciate you having me on again. Like I said, dude, it's always awesome chatting music and stuff with you. I feel like we could talk about stuff all day long, I swear. Here we so. go. Here we go. When, when I get my network up, we'll have uh -huh. just Derek and Paul talk. Yes, just we'll have our own talk show, man. It's like it's like uh, the, what it was that thing, like The View or like whatever. And we're just talking music and shit. That would be yep. so but I've got a show coming up with a bunch of uh, guys I've I've done shows with and I've I've hung out. We're actually trying to figure out how to get all of us because we're all in different huge parts of the of the United States. We're all trying mm -hmm. to get together to do one show where we're actually all physically in the same spot. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing a show with them on June 8th, and I'm thinking about calling weird guys talking weird shit. So, That'd be amazing. So. And hey, you know what? I'm I'm locally enough to you that sometime we should just do. A live show where we're actually just talking in person live at some point. That would be oh, a yeah. ton of fun. Hell yeah. You name it, dude. We'll make it happen. Yeah, for we'll sure. make it happen. 100%. Thank you so much for having me Thank back you on. Thank being here. Talking stuff, you know. All the stuff. It's always great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I have definitely got to go because I'm going to – I got to pee so damn bad I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're all good, man. Later, man. Hey, take care.